Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Are you overwhelmed with the world's abject stupidity? Have you become numb to the shenanigans of big businesses, big unions, big box stores, and big mouths? Are you planning to commit your life to social distancing even after the COVID scare goes away? We have a better idea. Stop feeling guilty for not giving a shite. From CCW Labs, the makers of Groaset, comes our newest product, introducing Give a Shite. Give a Shite is our new proprietary formula designed to unbind your mind, add pep to your step, and excuse your excuses. One dropper with each meal will soon have you taking responsibility for your own damn life and ignoring the pedestrian masses around you, guilt-free. When you are ready once again to not give a shite, take Give a Shite. Adding Give a Shite to your daily diet will enable you to carry on and get things done like an adult, without worrying about any of the latest nonsense pumped out by the government-run propaganda machines or politically correct fuckwits. When you've got no shites to give, don't feel guilty. Take Give a Shite and let the rest of the idiots do what they were going to do, even when you cared. Use as directed for internal use only. Consult a doctor before taking. That is, if you can find a doctor who will see you instead of closing down their entire office due to the coronavirus, which you have to admit is both ironic and non-helpful at the same time. Excessive use of give a shite may backfire and cause you to care about the entire human race again, which will most likely set you up for disappointment later. So go easy on it and try it with vodka like mommy does. With enough vodka, you might not even need our product. Stop hoarding toilet paper and SpaghettiOs. It makes you look like a selfish idiot. Not for use on an empty stomach or as a hair product or driving aid. Candle 9, Briar Rose. It was the last Saturday of your life. I came upon you in the bedroom, struggling toward the bathroom, staggering, now forward, now back. Can I help? No, your head shaking back and forth so fiercely it nearly knocked you down. I let you go in by yourself playing as well as I could my pathetic role in that pathetic struggle for dignity I was helplessly witnessing. But you were in there so long, eventually I had to check on you. Cracking open the door the tiniest bit, apologizing as I did, I saw that you had once again ripped off the small pads your friends had taped to the edges of the sink and the cabinets so you would not bump into them and hurt yourself. Let's admit, 
There was no love left in that look you gave me, only anger and defiance, a misery of the spirit unalloyed and pitiless, a look that begged only for privacy and deliverance. Oh, what vengeful fairy had your existence so offended? I closed the door. Somehow you made it back out and into bed without help. You closed your eyes and fell into that trance-like state between sleep and waking that had become your ebbing life. I stood there sobbing. You paid no attention to me. Here she lies, Briar Rose. There, so close, but so very far. The distance between the quick and the dead. Hardly visible. Beyond an impenetrable brambled thicket of razor-edged thorns and cactus vines. She left us one day when we weren't quite looking, weren't quite paying attention enough, stupidly unaware that forever was not something a year from now or even two weeks from now. Wherever was here, right now, and then it and she were both past us. Forever. Is this what making her comfortable means? Does dying at home mean you are badly cared for by a husband who has no idea how to? May the words good death turn to ashes in their mouths. And then it came to me how to chop through that thicket of thorns to free you. Later that evening, I called hospice and said I wanted a nurse at least part time, if not full and I suggested a catheter. They put the catheter in the next day, Sunday, along with the machine to help you breathe that you had steadfastly refused due to the noise. You were dead by Tuesday. I am sure the catheter and the breathing machine helped you to your death. I am also sure they made your dying much easier. You no longer needed to struggle with all that was left to you to keep from fouling the bed and soiling our last memories of you. No longer needed to cling so madly and desperately to that last shred of what made you who you were. Stay tuned for a special report live on the scene with CounterCultureWise roving correspondent Ms. Fritzina Fluffybottom. This is your roving reporter Fritzina Fluffybottom live on the Las Vegas Strip. I am standing in front of the giant brass statue of my brother in front of the MGM Grand trying to find someone to talk with me about the caramba bias. But the streets are really, really, really empty. I can see it's the same across the street at the Tropicana and the oil, I love yo-yo, so I'll bet that's a really nice casino. Anyway, I asked Daddy what MGM stood for, and he said it meant Metro Goldwyn Mayer. But I think he was kidding because that's a silly name. I bet it really stands for Max's Gigantic Motel, or maybe Mommy's Ground Mustard. Mommy always puts lots of mustard on Daddy's sandwiches because he likes it so much. Daddy says Mommy makes the most amazing sandwiches with cheese and roast beef and turkey and salami and ham and cheese and dill pickles and pepperoni and spinach and peanut butter and tomatoes and spinach and cheese and orange marmalade. Federal bumbling investigators, Agent Orange speaking. Orange, we needed that report this morning. Where are you, and why didn't you finish it? Sorry, boss. I'm at home. I think I might have come down with that commie virus. Sweet mother of... You mean the coronavirus? I don't care what you call it. It's a communist plot to destroy us, and I'm a staying home. Why do I keep 
letting him come back. Either way, Julius, your job is, I hate to admit it, essential. You don't sound sick. Well, any sicker than normal. Very funny. I coughed a couple of times this morning. You can never be too sure. Oh, I can be sure of one thing. What's that? If you don't have that report turned into me within an hour, you'll be back to making phone calls for a cat. Oh, all right, fine. I'll email it to you. Whose damn side is she on anyway? Maisie, we're on in 15 minutes. Where's my copy? (coughs) What do you mean, coronavirus? You're a dog. You can't get the virus. (coughs) Well, I guess there's always a first time for everything. I suppose it is possible. So did you get tested? (coughs) Well, I don't like needles either, but we need to know for sure. (coughs) All right, all right. I'll take care of it. Dogs. This is Larry, and I'm stuck at home. No, really. I'm sitting in my living room. My heart is dark and full of gloom. Praying my innards don't go kaboom, because I've run out of TP. My hair's grown too far down my neck. My finances have gone to heck. Where's that stupid government check? Corona's killing me. And ketchup and cheese and bologna and cheese and tuna fish and bratwurst and avocado and cheese and almond butter and liverwurst and cheese. Now I'm hungry and I'm going to go home. But I will be back soon for another rolling report. Until then, this is Francina Fluffybottom live from Mommy's Ground Mustard Hotel. expressed on counterculture wise are those of the hosts and the dog and are not necessarily the opinions held by any of our platforms our advertisers or any other dogs as you listen today remember we are so much more than a radio show Visit our website for commentary, guest photos and links, animations, and merchandise. Follow us on Twitter, Gab, Minds, and most video platforms. Counterculture Wise is a Stormcat production. Hello, 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 and welcome to another fabulous Sunday evening here in beautiful, dead Las Vegas. <laughs> we are still hunkered down in our bunker or bunkered down in our hunker. I'm not sure which to say. I am your host, Melanie Hope, here with our other host, my sweet husband, my good man, my sweet Babu. Babu. 
really? That that that's all the baboo. All right, all right. <laughs> got a better baboo than that. And live from fabulous Las Vegas, baboo. Baboo. <laughs> all right, everybody. We I'm have Jim. a. He's Jim. That's Jim. Jim right over there. Yep. Way over there. Way over Try there. Try not to break his headphones a second time. Yeah, I, I just I have this nasty. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. habit of suddenly getting a of, of suddenly jerking and and like yeah if he would stop jerking the, that'd be great one of, the, one of the wires of these headphones usually it's the <laughs> right one it's always the right one i don't know why but the right one all of a sudden i can only hear out of the left because i, I have a spasm before the show i don't know why he's just, he's just he has a spat he just is a I'm, I'm a living well anybody who's spasms, known me for more than three is, minutes yes, knows that that's true I remember, I remember the time that you were trying to imitate me before a Toastmasters meeting, and you were like, I want to be just like you. Boingy, 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 crash! I actually did start boing, <laughs> bouncing around on stage like she does when she does a speech Not and wound up crashing into a table. It was it was. You didn't just epic. crash into it. You took it down with you. Did I? <laughs> yeah. Certain things you try to block out of your yeah, memory, you know? Yeah, boingy, boingy, crash! <laughs> well, if you uh, tuned in a little bit early, you heard a poem from who is our guest today. A very sad and poignant poem, uh, something that very personal to me, uh, hard to listen to, but very, yeah. very eloquently written. It's one of the worst, worst parts of the human experience. Yeah, it very really well is. written, enough that if you can get a visceral reaction from a song or a piece of poetry, you know that it's well done. So I look forward to bringing on tonight's guest. and uh, we'll Dan bring him. Flanagan. Yes, Mr. Flanagan. And uh, we'll bring him on after our first break. But before then, before then, we still don't have an intro song for the COVID. We need to come up with something. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we've got my 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 Corona. Yeah, everybody. And does everybody's that doing one. that one. What was the one I came up with the other day? <laughs> you do the Ramones Corona, not glue. I was thinking, coughing on you is easy with Corona. Do 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 do. You should see the face he's making. Anyway, yeah, we'll we'll come up with an intro of some sort at some point. But uh, Max, did you want to sing it? Oh, mother, I do indeed hope to say something about the coronavirus as well as everything else I can think of. And oh, how much I want to share with you and yada, Jim, yada, would you yada, open yada, the door and, and let him out, please? Gloviate and yeah, bye, Max. And filibuster and get. Go down the hallway. There he goes. All right, Ugh. folks. We kicked the cat out. This happens every morning. I'm, I'm working because I work in healthcare at my day job. I am at home, and every morning, just before I'm starting to take calls, same thing. Oh, father, blah blah blah. So I put him outside. 
Five minutes later, he makes his way around the house into the backyard, <laughs> through the, the backyard, ba- <laughs> through the through the through the cat flap, the cat flap, and and then the flapping begins some more. Oh, the things I've seen, and the things I've heard, and the things I've smelled with my magnificent beezer, and blah 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 <laughs> blah blah. <sighs> anyway, speaking of seeing things with your magnificent beezer, have you seen? What they put at the top of the Empire State Building? Not at all, no. It's, it's like the Eye of Sauron. It's like this big flashing red light. It's like, okay, because, you know, we're not supposed to be panicking during this so-called epidemic. But oh now we, we've literally got the entire <laughs> building is lit up with it red. It looks like an emergency signal. That's it looks like a distress signal. literally what it, it is. It looks like they're trying to page Bruce Wayne. <laughs> what is this? And... Flashed red and white lights to honor the health officials who have been battling to keep corona at bay. Okay. But what it looks like is an emergency beacon, and yeah. they're leaving it on, and it's scary. Now they've got they've got it spinning. It literally looks like the Eye of Sauron from, from uh, you're probably not familiar with, actually. I've heard the seen. term. Yeah, well, it, it looks like a giant vagina in the sky, basically, but a big gaping eye oh, from, that uh, it's Lord looking, of the Rings? Yeah, that's looking down on everyone. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... um. Pretty That's terrifying. Kinda, so this is what we scary. got going on here. Um, yeah. So people people think it's good, <laughs> but other people think it's it's terrifying. Um, mm. We even got some video going on here on uh, the twatters. But yeah, it's literally a beacon spinning it's around, spinning around like a like a cop car. Yeah, exactly. The, uh, like the, uh, the in the middle of, of the dang city, or something. You know, just yeah. weird. It's crazy. So no, people don't like it. People who live there hate it. And, um, yeah, they they generally tend to hate the the people who who do these things, but they keep voting them in. So whatever. Yeah. Well, we'll talk a lot. We'll be talking about a lot about that. There's over all the next kinds few of weeks. nonsense going on right now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> so let me see if I've got this right. Okay. Okay. Can we just make sure that I have this correct? All right. So. A paddleboarder was arrested in Malibu, like Malibu, Thursday after ignoring lifeguards' orders to get out of the ocean amid social distancing rules. Uh, wait a minute. He was paddleboarding away from everybody else, but they arrested him for not practicing social distancing. Yeah, he was completely alone. I mean, you look at the pictures of him, there's nobody anywhere near him. They had to come to him to make him not be socially distant. You know, it's just so incredibly strange because one month ago in the grocery store, somebody standing like two or three feet behind you would not be a big deal. Oh, yeah, that's right. We were going to talk about this. We're going to talk about this. This is is a good time to be doing it. (laughs) So we went grocery shopping. Yeah. Very important. We did did go out for necessities. Necessities. And And we actually did find toilet paper. He was. He was bribed with a a cup of coffee and a martini when we got home. And he got both. Yeah, I got both. Yep, he did. And uh, but anyway, we're at the grocery store, and they have these little foot. Before, yeah, okay. we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, in a okay, second. okay. Yeah, I'm way over here. Letting no, you no, tell you're your story. fine. You're, you're way fine. Over there. But I, I just want to explain the, the progression. <laughs> we were of so excited to be outside that we were like talking exactly like this. Yeah, like, we were like, oh, oh my gosh, this oh, is there's, all the things. And look at the stuff. And there's people. And oh boy! Ooh, can you spray my hands extra? This is fun. And there were chicken breasts on sale for a buck ninety-seven a pound. Buck breasts. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how excited we were. You know, a, a couple of weeks ago, when this whole nonsense—I'm I'm sorry—when this whole pandemic um, 
response Plandemic. began. We, uh, you know, there was they were saying at the grocery stores, please stand six feet away from each other, but nobody could measure one foot from three inches from 97 yards. So this weekend they had, like she was starting to say, very carefully placed red squares with little feet on them like you're about to do a dance routine. And... And I was having fun with that because between each one, I was like, cha-cha-cha. <laughs> yeah. So everybody's standing, standing except you know, when we get up to the signal, or not the signal, the, the, the cash register, a woman and her child decided to ignore it. Maybe they couldn't understand it. I'm not really sure, but they were two or three feet behind me. Like I said, a few weeks ago, it would have been, oh, you know, just an ordinary day at the grocery store. But now I'm, get the hell away from me! So this woman, who apparently couldn't read the signs and didn't understand what the big red feet on the floor were for, <laughs> was so close to us that I mean, you could literally feel her breath on the back of your neck. And, you know, I'm not one of those I'm, – I'm not a social – I'm a hugger. Everybody who knows me knows yeah, I'm a hugger. Yeah, I am so too. I, I, I am not little miss social distancing. But, no, seriously, it was getting creepy. Yeah. She was so close to us. Yeah. And, and the worst part <laughs> – uh, you know, I, there's, no, there's, no, there's, there. no, there's no nice way to put this without this, sounding like a racist doofus. Yeah, but... She was Asian! <laughs> okay? <laughs> I mean, did you really need to add that to the equation, lady? <laughs> I mean, I would really? have been that uncomfortable with anybody, but it's just like, lady, really? <laughs> I was this and close kids to... crawling all over the place. I was this close to sneezing on her, and finally the... the um, the cashier had the presence of mind because I was freaking out. I was having one of those, you know, 40th birthday for the wife and forgetting to and, – and, and yeah, I won't, we won't tell that story again. But it's one of those moments where I, I needed to say something and couldn't. And finally the cashier said, uh, ma'am, see the red square? Stand there, would you please? Thank you. Well, that was funny too because he was Asian. Yeah. And a different – you know, bent of Asian, but still Asian. And it was so funny because he was like, ma'am, you're going to have to wait behind that line. And he was like not messing around. He was drill sergeant hardcore, which I should have been. I'm the former Marine. I should have been able to say, get back seven feet there, yo. But we're all like, we're white people. We can't say anything because we're not allowed It had nothing to do with skin color as far as we're concerned. I just, you know. I just threw that in to make it humorous, although it was true. I don't really care. It was hilarious. But but it's like you know, what is wrong with people? You know, it was it was it was dumb. (laughs) And by the way, I wanted to say that I did post on Facebook today, um, and Minds and Gab, the usual places I post, and even Free Talk. I said, okay, there's it's Sunday. We're social distancing, there's no award shows, there's no sports shows, there's, you know, barely anything to do. You've run out of excuses, so please listen to our show. Now, if you're one of those people who heeded my words, welcome. Yes. If this is your first time listening. And of course, welcome to our number one fan in our chat, Mr. Dave Clark, who's also been a guest on this show, and one of two Yes, the one other of one two will be here before, the, before very long. Yes, I'm, I'm sure Mr. Magic Pierce is already listening, and and Nick um, will be in as well. You are in for a very very fun show today. Yeah, this is this is going to be fun. 
And continuing. Continuing. People are lauding uh, Motley Crue's Tommy Lee for writing an open letter to the president, uh, calling him an effing lunatic, and he goes on and on and on. And so this guy on Twitter is hilarious. He's like, oh, Trump holds a press conference just because Joe Biden was holding one. Um, No, honey, Trump's been holding a press conference every day. It's just that mainstream media thought it made him look good, so they stopped airing them. And then complained that he wouldn't do it, wasn't doing anything without even seeing (laughs) the video. And then he does a bunch of things. Should be on TV, right? Motley Crue's Tommy Lee calls Trump an effing uh, lunatic. Trump is going to hell. Blah blah blah. I'm like, Tommy Lee snorted ants with Ozzy. Not really. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. A source of who's a lunatic and not, but eh, call me crazy. Yeah. Not, not, I, I love Motley Crue. They're he one of my very screwed up bands. so bad that Pamela Lee left him. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. He screwed up so bad. That one of the hottest women to ever strut the face of the earth. Got, removed her boobs and left him. Yeah. yeah. Removed her fake boobs anyway. Yeah. And left him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's not. A, I love Motley Crue, but they're not, they're not paragons of moral virtue. They're not in a position no. to, to. No, but yeah, people. No, he's actually trending on Twitter right now, which kind of cracks my ass up, but whatever. Um, it's just making yourself try to look good by putting other people down. People do it all the time. And then, of course, people are making a big fit about how many uh, confirmed cases we have of COVID, even though our death rate is less than like a tenth of any other country um, because we have more confirmed cases. Um, Well, let's think about this. A, China's lying. China has been lying. China always did lie. And China's the one that started it. B, did I mention that our death rate is less than a tenth of everybody else's? We're at like fewer than 1%. And, because you know, and people, being, our government, for whatever its flaws, is being proactive by and large. And I'm not talking about the Trump administration specifically or mm-hmm. Andrew Cuomo specifically. I'm just saying they're stepping in, and maybe, yeah, I'm not even going to say maybe. Yeah, the civil libertarian in me is screaming for mercy, but at the same time, this may be contributing to the to the lower rate of death. So. I don't know. You have that balance you have to try and strike, I guess. But yeah, I think our government by and large is doing much better than than other world governments in containing this because, first of all, we're not stuck in one way of thinking. Once we get new information, we change our, our pattern. We change our way of approaching it. Now, I'll give you a perfect example. Um, at first... I believe to my core that masks didn't do the job. Masks didn't help at all. And I actually spent a lot of time saying, 
if I'm in, if I'm somewhere and you're wearing a mask, either you don't understand, you're too dumb to understand it, I want to avoid you, or you have the disease and I want to avoid you. I was wrong, and I apologize for well, that. Well, remember, I've actually got a timeline here that I will be posting on our website uh-huh. once I get it all put together. Okay. But I'm going to read through this really quick if I let's see. Olki dolki. See if I still have it. Um, maybe I don't. I thought I did. <laughs> Blast. Well. Okay, January. Okay. Trump states in the State of the Union address that we need to monitor the China virus outbreak, and he forms a task force. This is January. Of course, that same speech is the one that Nancy Pelosi ripped up and called it all lies. All of it, 100% lies. Trump stops travel from China. We're still in January. Joe Biden, Nancy Nazi Pelosi, the mainstream media, calls him racist, xenophobic, and overreacting. Hmm. Nancy, Chuck, AOC, de Blasio, all of those people demand... That we act normal, get out, enjoy parades, patron Chinese restaurants, saying that if you don't, you are a bigot. Nancy actually live-streamed from the Chinese New Year parade or whatever the hell it was, Chinese whatever the hell it was, Asian town, Chinatown, whatever. Um, All of them were telling you, get out, you know, stop being so racist, blah, blah, blah. Remember, this is still January. All Democrats returned to focusing, of course, on the Shampeachment. WHO and mainstream media maintain that the Wuhan virus is no worse than the flu. And remember, this is what they were calling it in January, the Wuhan virus. Now we enter February. China accuses the U.S. of spreading panic, continues to lie about and cause, lie about cause and numbers of people dying in China. Of course, they turn around and murder the whistleblower Wei Wenliang, saying, of course, that he died of the very same virus. No, he was murdered. The CDC says, don't bother with masks. They don't work. That's where I stepped in. Yeah, exactly. Democrats focus on orange man bad, and yet he's still acquitted. Trump restricts travel from more infected countries and is again, of course, charged with xenophobia and racism. Liberals state that calling a virus from China a China virus is racist, except when they do it. WHO and mainstream media still maintain that it's not as scary as the flu. Now we enter March. Selfish twats have hoarded all the toilet paper. WHO finally declares a pandemic. Trump announces a national emergency, reassures the nation, is told he isn't panicking the population enough. Wow, how much Say that one more time. He announces a national emergency. He tries to reassure the nation, you know, mm-hmm, we're going to take right. care of this. We're on top of it. Mm-hmm. And has since been told that he isn't panicking us enough. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's not taking it seriously. I see. So back in January when he said this is serious, we need to look at it, he was said he was fear-mongering and racist and all this stuff. Now he's not panicking us enough. They need to make up their damn minds. This is about the time that CNN sets up a death count graphic similar to a telethon. Hopefully they reached their goal. Liberal states engage in draconian measures threatening martial law. They blame Trump for their lack of preparation because it's all Trump's fault that the states weren't prepared in the way that states are supposed to be repaired because states are the ones in charge. But it's Trump's fault. Pelosi and the rest of the gang do a 180. They blame Trump for opposite of what they accused him of in January. Hold up aid for quarantine-induced jobless families while blaming Trump for the economy. 
We're still waiting on those. Uh, <laughs> help, by the way, those, those checks. While small businesses are forced into bankruptcy, mine included, larger businesses jump in to create a surplus of masks, ventilators, and other supplies. Democrats call them horrific names, demand state control over all of these volunteers. How dare you help the American people without us forcing you to do it? How dare you volunteer? Or, or, or how dare you do it without us interfering? Exactly. Yeah. Meanwhile, stakes revoke 1A, 4A, and try for 2A, and no one bats an eye. People are still hoarding toilet paper. The CDC finally reverses its position on face masks. And Thanks. deaths to reported cases hover at fewer than 1%. Now we're in April. Since the whole Trump impeachment failed, Schiff demands wasting yet more of our tax dollars on investigating again into the response of the crisis that we're actually in the middle of. Millions face, us included, face the first month of not being able to pay rent. The government offers to print money, eventually. Democrats get insane levels of pork into the bill, which ultimately will help no one except for Democrats. New York, Florida, California, Virginia, and Nevada go full authoritarian, as we, we were it, just seeing with our paddleboarder mm, friend there. Right. And mm. liberals are angry that Trump is not taking this opportunity to become the dictator they've spent three years accusing him of already being. And there will be more next week. I'm pretty sure of it. <laughs> so check out our blog if you want to see our that. Next, <laughs> next Sunday will also be Easter Sunday special, and we'll have, uh, I believe we'll probably be able to, to conjure up a gospel according to Melanie in another gym class. I think we could do that. I think we're going to need a little bit more positivity up in here. So yeah, I will yeah. be cracking open the Bible and doing some more uh, gotums and uh yeah. I never realized that this, that GA gospel according to Mel Gottams. Gottams. That actually makes sense. Yeah, I think we're going to be focusing a little bit more on that. But meanwhile, <laughs> let's continue with our COVID right. update. Okay. This is my turn because this cracks my ass up. And the, let's the pictures hear are your awesome. Ass cracking up. Goats <laughs> <laughs> have been defying the lockdown in North Wales by taking advantage of the quiet streets. The goats have taken over the town. <laughs> this one's great because the goat walks right up to the camera as if he's what? getting a selfie taken. <laughs> yeah, empty roads in Lenindu proved a tempting habitat for the animals who have been gorging on hedges and gardens. <laughs> These poor people. Yes, nature does seem to be returning now that everyone in the UK has been told to stay home. Residents and reporter Andrew Stewart, Andrew, Andrew Stewart, Andrew Stewart. I wanted to say Andrar Stewart. Why? Because I was talking too fast. I oh. need to slow down. Filmed the goats literally going to town in the seaside neighborhood, and <laughs> it's they're everywhere. They're in the hedges. They're, adorable, they're on of the course, buildings. But yeah, they're also just they're everywhere. Mister Stewart, who works for the Manchester Evening News, says he called the police. What are the police going to do after he noticed the animals breaking isolation rules by gathering in a large <clears> group <throat> and not keeping the required two meters apart? <laughs> Yeah, I bet the police were like, uh-huh, this is a big problem. Uh, he said he noticed the goats having a midnight feast on hedges, and he tweeted, they were probably going to run riot on the town, what with nobody being about due to the lockdown. I wasn't sure if they were keeping the required two meters apart. 
Yeah. So I'm I'm actually going to be posting a meme, a counterculture wise meme of a self made social distancing suit. So, yeah, so stay tuned of, for that. It's funny. So he said that North Wales police officers attended the scene in a patrol car, adding, I'm sorry if the goats got arrested, but they were being very naughty. <laughs> <laughs> They're so cute and fuzzy, and they have huge horns. Like, but yeah. the animals returned over the weekend. They were still destroying garden bushes, eating leaves at Trinity Square in the town center, and sleeping in a churchyard on Monday. Mr. Stewart said that although the great Orm goat overlords usually only leave their tor- territory on the coastal headland to take refuge in the outskirts of the village on windy weather. They're now going further than ever. The great Orm headland is home to a herd of about 200 wild goats, which are thought to be descendant of a pair of Indian goats mm, presented by the Shah of Persia to Queen Victoria in 1837. That reminds me of the Microsoft bunnies. I don't recall the Microsoft. Yeah. Refresh my memory real quick. And our audience's memory. Basically, a couple of people. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Dropped off. Microsoft had like this huge grassy field and a couple right. of people they dropped off their, their, their bunnies that they didn't right. want to raise. And now the entire campus is completely overtaken with bunny rabbits. So these were two goats that were gifted and now the entire city is overtaken by goats. <laughs> Let's buy goats be buy goats. And now I have an uplifting story. The <laughs> Defense Department is working to provide 100,000 body bags to the Federal Emergency Management Agency. We all know it as FEMA. A Pentagon spokesman confirmed Thursday as the country braces for what the president has said will be a rough and painful two-week period in the coronavirus pandemic. FEMA requested the body bags from Pentagon's Defense Logistics Agency, or DLA. Lieutenant Colonel Mike Andrews, no relation to the person in the previous article. A Defense Department spokesman said the department and the DLA have a long-standing arrangement with FEMA to procure key commodities from DLA's industrial partners during crisis response operations. DLA is currently responding to FEMA's prudent planning efforts for 100,000 pouches. They're no longer body bags. Now they've been changed. body away. pouches? They're just pouches. That sounds like they're going to be hopped away by, by friendly... Yeah, or, or, you know, they're going to... Kangaroos. Stu- or... They're going to stuff some almonds and cheese and... Anyway. 100,000 pouches to address mortuary contingencies. I love government speak, don't you? Yeah. Prudent planning efforts for 100,000 pouches to address mortuary contingencies on behalf of state health agencies. So 100,000 body bags for all the dead peeps. Gotcha. Bingo. That we're expecting not necessarily what's going to happen. There, it's it's in anticipation of potential. To be fair, I mean, if you have to have them, it's good to have them. Yeah, I, I was guess. listening to a report. I believe it was in China 
And they're like, oh, 12,000 people have died and we don't have enough ventilators. They're like, I don't know. Sounds like you have 12,000 more ventilators to me. Just, I'll be over here. O-U-C-H. What's that spell? Ouch. Ouch. You know, we got to make fun of it. We got to make light of it up to a point if because this laugh, is insane. Cry. I mean, we're, we're, we're. Hey, you know what? We're being a lot nicer than Japan. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Let's hear this one. This the newest measure of. The newest measure to contain the growing number of coronavirus cases in Japan quickly backfired after the plan was slammed on social media, and many thought it was an April Fool's joke. Prime Minister, you know, we didn't do any April Fools on each other. Every year we do something. No, this, this, this I was in no like, mood. Meh. I was in no mood. Yeah, none at all. Did you Did you see the video that um, uh, the crocodile hunter? What's his name? Uh, why can't the I think dead of his guy? Name? Yeah, what's his name? His name is. Um... Why Irwin, Steve Irwin. Steve Irwin. Steve Irwin's son, who looks just, just like, like him, him, just a darling, darling kid. So he did a video. It's adorable. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll post it on our website. So he he's going after, and he sounds just like his dad. He's like, oh, you know, we've, we've, this is really dangerous territory. We're going after a really, really rare species, and he's got the camera and everything, and he's he's got his little you know, khaki shorts and the whole, he looks just like his dad. He's hiking through the woods and it shows him stomping through fields and everything. He's got his big old camera and everything. And he's like, Oh, you know, we're looking for this and that. And he's like, Oh no, I didn't think we'd see one, but there's one. And he show he zooms in and it's a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> he's like, this is rare species. I didn't think I'd see one. <laughs> it was absolutely adorable. And then he gets even more excited. He's like, Oh no, there's an even rarer species, and it's a big bottle of hand sanitizer. It's, it's <laughs> adorable. He did that on April Fool's. Yeah, that's it's hilarious. really cute. I'll, well, I'll post that on We're our getting website. Getting back to our friends. Okay, the so getting back to our ocean. friends. Uh, over <laughs> okay, uh, Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. You know, I Abe. love the Japanese Abe. Abe. Abe, Abe. Yeah. Abe Marie. Marie. You know, we our show got taken off of of uh, YouTube last week because of Fritzy's intro music which we've been playing now for almost three years mm-hmm. and all of a sudden out of the blue we got a copyright strike and got bumped from and we, and, youtube and in response we started again at the beginning of our show yeah because yeah, screw you um yeah but, but anyway. you know youtube isn't our main audience anyway i just no, thought it was really funny not. that after all these years they're like hey, okay, yes. and by the way all the music that we use is either we make it or it's royalty free <laughs> so I don't know what they're, yeah. Anyways, Shinzo Abe announced late Wednesday that the Japanese government would deliver two old-fashioned gauze masks per household in the nation of about 126.5 million to tackle the rising number of COVID-19 infections. Today, I am wearing one too, and this cloth mask is not disposable, he said, unveiling the plan at a government task force meeting. Now, when they say gauze, they're not talking about the type of cotton gauze that you get like at the doctor's office. They're talking about the fabric that mm-hmm. is washable, Right. just so we're clear. The prime minister said that the mask will be sent by mail to all of Japan's more than 50 million households, starting from areas with escalating infections, including Tokyo and Osaka. Sorry. <clears throat> Osaka. <laughs> We have a steakhouse here that I used to do ads for. It was Jim's favorite ads. Oh, sucka. <laughs> Abe added that the gauze masks were washable and reusable. You can use soap to wash and reuse them, so this should be a good response to the sudden huge demand for masks, he said. 
The announcement came a day after a government expert panel warned that Japan's healthcare system may collapse if the number of coronavirus cases continues to grow, according to the Japan Times. Economics Minister Not Gonna Try said Wednesday that infectious disease experts were particularly concerned about a crisis in Tokyo. We must prevent infections from spreading further no matter what. We have come to the edge of edges, to the very brink, he told reporters. And what's funny is he took off his mask to say that, but I'm not saying nothing. I'm looking at the pictures here. The prime minister repeated that Japan was barely holding the line in its battle against the virus and that the number of infections is on the brink of turning explosive. Still, the two masks per household, now remember, not per person, per household, quickly proved unpopular. Some mocked it on Twitter and other social media by calling it an Abin mask or Abe's mask, a play on economic and financial policy of Abenomics, Abenomics, according to the Associated Press. So they're kind of doing the Reagan thing on him. Anyway, so some of these spicy, spicy memes are hilarious. One of them has him wearing a mask on his face and on over his eyeballs. Another one shows an entire family lined up with one mask over all of them. <laughs> Including the cat. Including the cat. Yeah, that's all. I didn't notice that as a cat. Um, oh <laughs> is the Japanese government for real? This is a total waste of tax money. One user with the handle Yusube wrote, according to the routers. Uh, Japanese prime minister has faced criticism for his response to the pandemic. Some allege the government manipulated numbers by limiting tests or combined COVID-19 deaths with other pneumonia fatalities before the Summer Olympics Sounds were like canceled. Sounds like America's not alone in, being, in having its government criticized. Everybody's saying for, it, yeah. Well, yeah. here we're doing the opposite. We're anything that looks like it may or may not be covid Italy's the worst. They're the ones mm-hmm. saying, oh, um, you've been in the hospital for six months with a brain injury, eh, but after you died, you tested positive for COVID, so we're going to say that was your... your... <laughs> that's that's right. how you died, you know? And we're doing the same thing here. We've had um, a kid who was in with a bowel obstruction, and they said, oh, it's the first child to die of this. It's like, no. The kid was in the hospital months before the outbreak, and he died of a bowel <laughs> obstruction. So, yeah, there's a whole – I mean, just a list of them. I, I posted it on, on Twitter and Facebook, so if anybody's interested, check that out. All right, well, that's our big COVID out, uh, update. However, we've got a – Whole bunch more, in fact. I'm not you down. And I'm not Barbara Walters. But this, but this is, is 2020. 2020. And yet Disney does and ABC don't shut us down for this music. I told you it's old. They don't use it anymore. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean... I, I also changed the tone a so it's a different key. Oh, okay. Well, maybe that's maybe why. Maybe the bots can't catch it. Because remember, there's actually nobody at Google right oh, now. So. Oh, oh, I am a bot. Oh, oh. <laughs> so I'm going to let Jim read this one, but I'm going to give it a little bit of a preamble. In England, London specifically, they've <laughs> developed this thing about hate speech. They actually do arrest people and... and uh, it's been shown a couple of times that folks are literally getting arrested for saying mean things. Uh, they actually have an ad campaign saying that if someone says something that you deem to be hate speech, you need to call the police. So we've got more deaths via stabbings over there since there's, they're not allowed to have guns. They have more a higher murder rate in London than they do in New York City. 
and those two cities are not even comparable in in population. They have this this COVID outbreak going on. They have immigration issues. They have rape gangs going around doing what they do. They have child trafficking gangs that people who blow the whistle on them get thrown in jail, but they don't. And they're worried about somebody saying something mean to somebody. And we're just like, oh, my God, what's wrong with Europe? But no, no, not to be outdone. It has made its way across the pond. Our good old stomping grounds. our good old stomping grounds of Seattle, Washington. Seattle's police chief took to Twitter to warn residents of the spread of the coronavirus while also informing them that they should call 911 if they witness racist name-calling. Okay. Washington State is no place for hate. In a show of solidarity, Lori Matsukawa, you remember her? She used to be a, a yeah, newscaster. Yeah, I totally remember her. Yeah, yeah. She was King Five, I believe. Yeah, I loved her. She joined me to remind everyone that hate has no place in our community. A post on Seattle <laughs> Police. 911, what's your emergency? This mean guy called me a cracker. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, ma'am. That's not an emergency. Click. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to call 911 and waste precious resources because somebody called you a mean thing that could be possibly construed as racist. But you know it only goes one way. I know, you know. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, it needs, I get it. I get it. I know what you mean. But, but still, why you guys have the highest rate of of COVID outbreaks in the country? But instead of instead of dealing with that, you say, "Oh, if you say a racist thing, we're going to arrest you." You know, you might want to talk to know, Antifa. Seattle who, who has calls cops horrible. Ba- racist back things. in the '60s, Seattle had a chance to have an integrated rail system, rail and bus system, and they were so provincial and so above it all, they turned it down, and. Now, as a result, San Francisco, Atlanta, a lot of other cities have these amazing integrated bus and rail systems. You can go from one end of Atlanta to another, and that's a huge city. You've been there. Yeah. And I, I lived there for two years. You can and get anywhere within, within two hours, yeah. cheap, and you don't, you don't even really need a car to live in Atlanta. Um, no, the, the two weeks that I was in New York, I didn't even bother with a, a rental. Right, and I exactly. I no problems getting anywhere. Yeah. Um, but New York always had that integrated system and for almost from the beginning. But Seattle turned it down. That was the first in a long string of crappy choices they've made. And this carries on that proud tradition because, okay, let me just go ahead and finish this. Lori Matsukawa joined me to remind everyone that hate has no place in our community. A post on Seattle Police Chief Carmen Best's Twitter account read Monday, Report Hate. 
including racist name-calling to 911. We are here to help and we'll respond to investigate because speech is so important that it needs to be policed. Lori Matsukawa is a former local news personality, as I said before, a member from King 5 News, who joined Best's campaign to crack down on racism during the coronavirus pandemic. Hate crimes have no place in our community, Matsukawa said. We are all trying to deal with the COVID-19 health crisis together. If you're a victim of a hate crime or hate-based harassment, please call 911. I, I need to, I need By to say By the way, something. I mean, it's one thing if you just say something. Okay, if you're bashing somebody over the head while you're, while you're calling them the N-word, okay, yeah, that's that, one th- thing. Yeah. then call 911. But somebody's saying, you blankety-blank, uh, what? Or, or scooching away because you're up their butts at a grocery store, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, they're... You I know, mean, we dealt with it in a good-natured no, way. No, we it, was, it wasn't she like... She was a nice lady. Nice, nice lady. She was breathing down her neck. I got to say something here, though. This has gotten past insane. Let's think about this logically. Let's say a person does say something racist, something awful, something mean that hurts your fifis. Do you honestly believe that turning them into the cops is going to make them change their mind? Or is it only going to feed that hatred and make it worse? Do you honestly think that if you throw a little temper tantrum and, and raise your little re-fist in the air and, and scream and yell and have a hissy fit, that they're going to see the error of their ways and change their minds about what a douchebag you are? No, they probably said something mean to you because you were being a douchebag, not because of the color of your skin or what country you came from, probably because you're a moron and you're in their freaking way. Oh, and by and the you way, being more of a moron and getting more in their way is only going to make them hate you more and expand that hatred to your family, to your siblings, to your friends, and anybody who looks like you because now we think anybody who gets in our way is a complete and utter moron. So what you're doing is actually creating and festering racism. Good job, people. You know, these are the same people that created segregation and and all these laws that made people be separate, and now you're just doing it again, only making it fashionable. If you don't want people to be racist, then don't be douchebags to them and see how many people you can win over with kindness over being a litigious little prick. End of rant. That was that would have qualified as a ginger snap. She really should have been ready with the theme music and all that. Yeah, okay. But no, nah, <laughs> it's okay. You know, that that's fine. I, I also I want to add that if you... If somebody's harassing you, probably the last thing you would want to logically do is grab your cell phone and start dialing nine one one. This person's hitting me. By the time by the time they pick up, because they're going to be clogged with calls because of racist comments, um, your teeth will be removed, your nose will be broken, your hair will be pulled out. You know, you're, and that's you're, just what you do to yourself. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy. So <laughs> here's an idea. You grow a set, huh? How about you stand up for yourself? And instead of being a little pussy that calls the cops on everybody while simultaneously calling the cops horrendous, racist names, how yeah. about you just... They're either your friends or they ain't, people. You know, just get over it. <laughs> get over yourself. You know, and, and that's the thing. And The worst part 
is I forget who it was, but it was an Asian on Twitter. She's a Chinese person, and she's like, oh, now that people are calling it the China virus, I can only imagine what they're saying about me behind my back. And my response to that was, they're probably not saying anything. They probably aren't talking about you at all. And This is not an attack on everybody in China no. or Chinese Americans or anything else. When somebody calls it the China virus, they're simply – and I don't call it that, by the way. I'm, I'm using this as a reference. It is just to indicate the point of origin. Yeah, people there eat bats. You want to know why they eat bats? Because their economic system is so broken they're down. They're that that's communist, that's, socialist they can't, government starved them into eating anything. But the thing is, is now that they're not starving, they're still caging and torturing dogs and pangolins and bats and anything they can get their grubby mitts on because their government has broken them mm-hmm. as human beings. This is what you socialism does. Point, you're just it not going to, you can't recover. You. I mean, yeah. you, you can, I guess technically you can, but you get so broken down by your government that. And this is just, what they want here. Yeah. This is what they're doing right now. These people are creaming themselves over this chance. Yeah. They're, they're so excited. They can't even hide it. I mean, I just tweeted out something of, uh, Oh, well, look at how far our, our carbon emissions have been down since we forced everybody into hiding. You know, they're not even trying to hide their agenda. It's, it's repugnant. It's disgusting. It's awful. And we, It's also not very nice. It's also not very nice. And we are actually at the top of the hour, believe it or not. So um, I, I'm led to understand that we do have one thing. Uh, there, uh, one of our candidates for president of the United States uh, had some things to say. Yeah. <laughs> Again. Here we go. Hi, this is your old pal Uncle Joe Biden, live from my basement in Delaware. Oh, I'm being recorded? Oh, all right. Hi, this is your old pal Uncle Joe being recorded in my basement in Delaware. I'm here to talk about... President Trump's handling of the Luhan virus. Wait, what was that? Luhan is a Chinese singer? Does he know they named a virus after him? Why are you gritting your teeth at me like that? Oh, it's Wuhan, not Luhan, right? <laughs> Sorry about that. Anyway, ever since this pandemic launched in Luhan, the president has been keeping up with it the best he can. You shouldn't pull your hair out like that, especially since it looks so soft and smells so nice. Okay, okay. I'll stick to my notes. He hasn't been keeping up. For example, the president has said that all CVC pharmacies are setting up testing sites, but that hasn't happened yet. Wait, where are you going? To buy some aspirin? Why don't you drop by CVC down the street? Could you get me a root beer while you're there? Why aren't you answering me? Is this thing still on? Poor, poor Joe. Oh, poor Joe. <laughs> I, you know, my heart just breaks for the old man, but we'll see how he does. Folks, don't go anywhere. We're going to have another poem by our guest, Mr. Dan Flanagan, right after these messages. When a disaster happens, are you ready? Do you have the supplies you need to keep you and your family safe and survive? The Zombie Outpost Store in Wilmington, Ohio 
At Caesar Creek Flea Market, stocks quality gear you need to be ready for the next emergency or even a camping trip. Visit zombieoutpoststore.com for location and hours. Check out our assortment of essentials you need when the next disaster happens. Go to zombieoutpoststore.com. Get 10% at checkout when you mention CounterCultureWise Radio. Be ready and be prepared. Leaders, listen up. Do you feel like you can't get a dang thing done because of all the namsy-pamsy crybabies that want you to coddle their creativity? When you give orders, are you met with vacant stares only rivaled by a cocker spaniel? It's not them. It's you. You need to shape up or they'll ship you out. Read the Sniper's Guide to Leadership and you'll become a more effective leader, communicator, and motivator. Forget smart goals and learn swift goals. Get the Sniper's Guide to Leadership in paperback, Kindle, and Nook. Today! Are you trapped in a bad relationship because you don't want to rock the boat? Are you timid about approaching your boss about that promotion even though you know you would be perfect for the position? Are your children running the house because you are reluctant to discipline them and come across as a big fat meanie? Then you need grow a set. Grow a set is the all-natural supplement that stimulates the mental processes and hormones that inspire you to take action and reassert your self-worth. One daily dose of grow a set with lunch and dinner is all you need to go from wallflower to manpower, from wimpy to worthy, from mess to success. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about grow a set today. Use as directed for oral use only. Excessive use or overdose of grow set may cause dizziness, nausea, and an uncontrollable urge to go to monster truck rallies. Keep out of reach of children. Epstein didn't kill himself. Neither did Harvey Weinstein or Tulsi Gabbard. If you experience diarrhea or vomiting, stop eating crappy fast food. The makers of grow set are not responsible for adverse reactions. People who are using you as a welcome mat. Don't forget to floss. For more information, visit itemwantobeawimpylittlewinnyanymore.com. Hello, friends. This is Maximilian von Riegelbeezer to tell you about a couple of great new shows featuring survivalist and barefoot advocate Nick Pierce. If you ask me, of course, I would say that although it is a good thing to advocate for bears, they help prevent forest fires after all, I am concerned about his fascination with their feet. Shouldn't a survivalist be more concerned about the bear's jaws? Inquiring minds want to know. Max, sweetie, he doesn't talk about the feet of bears barefoot means going without shoes like i do it does well a thousand pardons nick i also go without shoes does that make me a barefooter as well or would i be more accurately described as a pussyfooter i will leave that for all of you to decide in the meantime join nick pierce and sophie prince for Are You Ready at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, and Barefoot United, 9.30 Eastern, 6.30 Pacific, every Friday night. Go to barefootunited.org for more details. Tonight's show is brought to you in part by Hector and Grumble. No, really. At Hector and Grumble, we want to let the world know we care and care deeply about the world and our future as human beings. As a result, we have bowed to the whims of a tiny but very loud minority of our customers. We set the tone last year with our now-famous ad for our Galoot Shaving Products division, Men Suck. The response was overwhelming. 
but we ignored it and doubled down with an ad featuring a trans child using our product to shave the teeny weeny patches of peach fuzz off of their face. We realized that this basically could have been accomplished with a butter knife and soap, and due to our stubbornness, I mean, our stand on this issue, we have lost billions of dollars in profits for our shareholders over the past year. But hey, it's only money. It's the principle after all. Not to be outdone this year, we are removing the Venus symbol from the packaging of our sometimes feminine hygiene products as a result of protesting from transgender activists. We know they will never be able to use our products, but at Hector and Grumble, it's always the optics. So what about our future plans for your favorite Hector and Grumble brands? Well, we have an exciting announcement. Our Gloom Electric toothbrushes and our famous line of crust toothpastes will no longer emphasize their whitening power in our ads because, after all, whitening power is racist. You heard it here first, folks. Hector and Grumble wants to be your consumer products company, but we want to be liked even more. Will you like us? Please and thank you. everybody. This is Fritzina Fluffybottom. Did you know that we have a subscribe star? We do! There are lots of fabulous extra things on there that you can't get anywhere else, like outtakes, new books, and extra videos. And you can sign up for as little as one dollar. Our entire show is funded by you, our loyal viewers. Please make sure you sign up today so that Mommy and Daddy can get me shiny new bells for my collar, extra feathery toys, yummy crumbly cat food bowls made just for kitty cats, more cow pillows for my couch, name brand albacore tuna, my own pink news desk, stuffed animals that look like me, my grid Candle 12, Resurrection Day. At your tomb I sit watching, though I know you will not rise on this or any other Easter Sunday. It is fifty-nine and one-half steps from the graveyard gate to your gravestone. The cemetery is tiny and sparse of tombstones, most quite old, some flat on the ground and covered over with grass, Others tilted askew. We had ground roses planted. I bring potted flowers from the grocery store every week or two. Most die soon. That's just fine, granting me small missions, reasons to return. In summer, bunnies, bees, wasps, and butterflies visit too. Your friends also come by often enough, just as you would surely have done for them. Contributing such things as colorful plastic bulbs in a pot to brighten your tableau through the long gray winter. There is a small blue child's bench, also a much larger bench of gray greenish stone that our friends insisted on paying for. On good weather days, I sit on that bench and read the papers or do some work. On the tombstone, our last name in large letters. Below that, your first and middle names, plus dates of birth and death. Next to yours, my name, only one of the dates filled in for now. Below, the same inscription I long ago put inside your wedding ring, the one of us. I have removed my own wedding band because death has parted us, sundering that bond and dissolving that vow. But on my right ring finger, I wear yet another band, 
your fingerprint embossed around the tiny, endless circle. At our home, still there, after three years, in our closet, purses and shoes, still somewhat carelessly stacked, not like you at all, that carelessness. Crisp white blouses, silk ones too, black, navy, rose, that sometimes I press to my face, hoping your perfume is still faintly clinging there. The red and white checked suit, faded jeans, T-shirts plain and striped, cream-colored cowboy boots, a brocaded vest of black and gold and forest green, belts, gloves, so many other things that now belong to no one. The deep purple terracloth running suit, soft as you once were, before you became a wraith and then a ghost, before you left all weight behind you. By our bed, still there, the book you were trying to read just before you slept and slept, did nothing but sleep. The child-sized cashmere cap for your tiny nubby chemo head, shorn of your waves of auburn-tinged hair that I used to clutch in my hand when I kissed you. The black leather billfold where you neatly stored your bona fides, keeping them close to you even as you died, as if someone would be coming to ask you for your ID. In the kitchen, still there, your very image, as you sit now, as you always sat, on the high stool at your high desk by the window, imprinted on the air itself, like a fallen leaf pressed and traced upon a page. I see you clear and whole, and feel your presence there like a phantom limb. Surely I'm going mad. Surely I want to go mad. But it was none of those things that drove me here today, to sit once again watching at your grave, your own Quasimodo, where I can do nothing useful, only worship and regret. No, what drove me here was not even noticing your tennis shoes, still sitting by the door into the house from the garage. No, not even that. It was instead tucked primly inside those shoes, those little half-socks tennis players sometimes wear, yours trimmed at the tops with a dainty row of alternating pink and green flowers where the flesh of your foot once met the bone of your ankle. Tonight's guest is an attorney as well as a prolific author of both fiction and poetry. His book series about private detective Peter O'Keefe is being turned into a screenplay. He's even a friend of the Queen of Sweden, believe it or not. We have a lot to talk about this evening, and it's going to be a really fun hour. Please welcome to CounterCultureWise, Mr. Dan Flanagan. Yay! Hello, good sir. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I have been sincerely enjoying the sound bites, uh, especially of your poetry. You, 
your first poem, I don't know if you were listening to the show earlier, but I took care of my mom to the end of her life, and I had a visceral reaction to that poem. So very, very well done, beautiful poem. But I don't want to focus on the bad. I want to focus on all the amazing things that you're doing. So before we go forward, why don't you let our listeners know where they can find you? They can find me uh, author-wise at, at danflanaganbooks.com. And Flanagan uh, is the misspelled version, F-L-A-N-I-G-A-N. They uh, screwed that up uh, when they arrived on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> uh, yes, actually, it's supposed to be A instead of I, but. You know, every time I typed it, too, I had to fix it because I always wanted to put that A in there. (laughs) Right. Uh, And then uh, lawyer-wise, it would be at uh, Polsinelli, P-O-L-S-I-N-E-L-L-I.com. All right. You're also on Twitter at underscore Dan Flanagan. We tweeted to you earlier today, so you can either find him there yourself or find him there via CounterCultureWise. You are also on Instagram. We also sent you a message there with your picture, Dan Flanagan underscore books on Instagram. And of course, YouTube, which is difficult to. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Share. So, of course, we'll have all those links up on our site. Uh, you're also on Facebook as author Dan Flanagan. You are everywhere. You are everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere and nowhere. Everywhere. <laughs> okay. Well, let's start with you're an attorney. So were you an attorney first or an author first? Uh, well, I was an author first, but uh, uh, unpublished. I, one could say I've wanted to be a writer since I was in high school, but uh, – strayed from that path uh and, and uh but it just never left me over the years and so i've uh, stayed with it uh, at various times it's it's not been easy to do both yeah well you're in good company i i consider myself a recovering accountant but i finally got my books published and jim uh went into the Marines. So, I mean, he really went off the deep end, (laughs) but we're all writers (laughs) together now. (laughs) So your, um, your first book, was it, was it Dewdrops or was it, uh, the other one? Actually, they were all published at one time, one year ago. Oh, They were written over a long period of time and I didn't have really the courage to, to put them out there. Uh, but uh, when I did, I put them out all at once. So oh, wow, okay. I mean, a- actually, Mink Eyes w- w- was written first, 
Dewdrop second and Tenebrae, the poetry uh, last, but but they were all published at essentially the same time. Do you ever wax poetic when you're in court? This seems to me that's something that would really work well on a jury. <laughs> uh, n- not really. <laughs> uh, I-, I try to uh, make it interesting, but but not poetic. So the t- the term Tenebrae. I noticed that you did you use a pen name or is this a compilation? I noticed there's a different author under that book. Yeah, uh, actually, it's. It, that's uh, another story, if you will. Uh, it shouldn't be because uh, I've, I've now published that under my name. My original um, effort at this, I didn't have the courage to come out in my own name. So I came out um, as Max McBride. And uh, I just, uh, I don't know, I was concerned, I think, about impact it might have on the lawyer life or something yeah it's hard to separate the two but in any event uh i I decided not long after i did that that uh that was no way to do it and so I, i just republished everything under my own name okay so you have developed the the guts to come out and and be who you are and how how is that working for you is it was it not as scary as you thought not at all. Yeah. yeah, I was I was going to ask what what was was there some moment or some deciding factor that made you decide, you know, it's time to publish these books and just put them out there and let let the chips let the chips fall where they, they may. may. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, two aspects of that. One, the, the just publishing them uh, under either name was was a big moment, but it, it was. How how I, I, how can I hide and and have people read these books? People don't even know who I am, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, so if I want people to read them, if I want to quote sell them, and I don't mean make money off them, but but uh, uh, increase that readership, you can't be hiding in the closet. Right. That's true. Very true. Right. There there was a moment in in my career where I had to decide. Well. If I'm going to be saying things that not everybody agrees with, is this going to hurt my speaking career? And at first I tried to keep those very, very separate. And then I thought, well, the type of people that would be upset by the things I say would probably not be hiring me as a keynote speaker anyway. So we're just going to let it be out there (laughs) and be who I am. It's so much easier because when you tell lies, you have to remember what you said. And when you act like someone else, you have to remember who that was. And why not just be who you are, right? (laughs) Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about Dewdrops. Uh, This is two short stories and a novella all in one book. And how did you find yourself going from writing a full-on I mean, you're, you have a series. I'm assuming that, that this series is going to continue with, with your private detective. But how do you go from writing? Because novels are hard. And I always admire people who can write an entire novel because I'm more of a short story person. So how did, how did you go from doing one to doing the other? You know, if you looked at it chronologically, I'm not sure that uh, a couple of the shorter pieces were written first. Um, it, it's sort of like uh, wanting to say different things and and feeling that I should say them in different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, um, Dewdrops, the centerpiece novella, was actually a play uh, originally. 
uh, and uh, it's it's set in a, a drug and alcohol treatment center, and it's a, it's really a tragedy. Uh, and then bracketed by a short story on each side of that, uh, you know, very different, all, all all three of them. And they were they were things that I had written over a period of time, and and uh, I I'd written the the novel. Um, Mink eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not sure in sequence or whatever, but but so so I, I happened to publish that first, but it wasn't necessarily really the first book I wrote. So, how many Peter O'Keefe books do you think you're going to end up writing? You know, it's uh, interesting because when I originally wrote that, uh, I call it a serious novel in a mystery detective format, kind of turning up my nose at. at uh, the, the mystery detective genre, but uh, I've kind of fallen in love with it uh, now. And by the way, the series consists of one book right now. I'm writing. <laughs> I'm writing the second one. Right. But but my notion. But you know, you find out that you can say anything you want to say and have it be in an interesting and more exciting and plot driven, uh, character driven way in that format than just, uh, you know, navel-gazing modern fiction. Yeah. So, right, right. Uh, uh, so, I, actually, what I want to do with that, that book uh, is set in 1986, and I want to bring that group of characters all the way up to the present day. Oh, and, so, and yeah. Books. So, That's definitely a series. You could do one for every year. Yeah, it'd be, and, and, you know, just fun kind of... Uh, um, you know, moving on through all the scams and schemes of, of our era. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, plus you you get so involved when you develop a good character, like a really a character you can really sink your teeth into, a well developed character. You you get involved with them. It's almost like their family. I remember Jim actually coming out of his room with tears streaming down his face because he killed off one of his characters. And, you know, it's like you, you yeah. get that moment of godlike power, yet at the same time, they're kind of your family, even though they don't exist. Did, did you ever have a moment like that? You literally are a god over yeah. your characters. <laughs> you can kill them. You can invent them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you really have to be careful with your female characters, too. No, there's... <laughs> Especially in this day and age. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pygmalion, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Well, give, give our listeners a, just a little peek into the O'Keefe character. I am a huge fan of mysteries, yeah, so mysteries Private Dicks. And, 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 I love film noir. I love anything. Totally love uh, yeah. Uh, so give us just a little peek into it. I, I, I was going to play an excerpt, but it was really long. So what I'm going to do is you've, I've, uh, your, your lovely daughter has sent me an entire chapter of one of your books, which I will be publishing on our website. But just kind of give us a, a nutshell look at this character so that, you know, first of all, they'll buy your book links in our website, by the way. And uh, second of all, they'll be waiting with bated breath for the, for the next installment. So give us a little bit about his personality and, and what's different about him than other private dicks that are out there already. Well, this guy is, uh, and I'm not saying whether he's different or not, but, but we'll see at the end of the description, but this guy is a Vietnam vet, uh, ex-Marine. Uh, t- uh, of course, he's a private detective, so of course he's an addict. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. drug, alcohol, all that. Yeah. But but uh, he's got a special problem 
uh, which is PTSD. Okay. Uh, so, uh, which really is a uh, driving, debilitating force in his life. And he's come back from Vietnam and, and really took a spiral downward. Uh, and he's basically rescued from that by his childhood buddy, uh, a lawyer uh, named Mike Harrigan. Wait, that, you, wrote, uh, you wrote an Irish lawyer into the book? <laughs> I had, I had Color to, me surprised. <laughs> I, I had to put me somewhere <laughs> in there so it wouldn't be slopping over on the main character all the time. So, so uh, uh, and, and just rescues him uh, from, from really uh, almost all the way down the sewer and makes him into a private detective. Uh, and and the guy's, you know, still reluctant uh, about that. You know, these are these guys are children in the 60s with all those, you know, sort of uh, you call them ideals, call, call them foolishness, call, call them whatever they are that, that then, you know, become yuppies in the 80s and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, are not fully comfortable with that. And uh, so so that and, he, and he's divorced, 10 year old daughter. A uh, good relationship with his daughter, not so much with his his ex-wife. Uh, he uh, and and the the plot of this book is he's hired by this Harrigan guy to do what Harrigan calls a quick and dirty on a mink farm Ponzi scheme. Uh, it, it's not identified as that, but it's the Missouri Ozarks, uh, uh, and. He thinks it's this rinky-dink Ponzi scheme, and he opens the box, though, and all the spiders start coming out Uh-oh. and, and uh, murder, mayhem, and, and uh, ends with uh, machine guns and grenades in the southern Arizona desert. All right. And the name of the book? Mink Eyes. Mink as in the, the little critter, Eyes. And you can, of yes. course, find that on Amazon. Links will be on our website. I am definitely going to be getting me a copy of that. And that's available in hardback and Kindle, correct? Uh, paperback. Paper, paperback and Kindle, yeah. Paperback and Kindle, they're all, they're all available. You know, we should stop calling them like paperback and call them like terrestrial or <laughs> something different. Yeah, <laughs> really. Point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, wow. That is a really intriguing story. And I love how developed the characters are. So we get the backstory in the first book, which I think is is fabulous. And then um, your sequel is coming along well? It is. Uh, even though I, I, right now I'm fighting my way out of a couple of cul-de-sacs, plot cul-de-sacs I've created. Happens all the time. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I'm going to steal that. I love that plot cul-de-sacs. That's fabulous. I love that. That's so visu- visual. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, back to back with the military thing. You got to have a breakout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the great thing about cul-de-sacs is you can always turn around and go back to the main street. And, you know, you'll That's probably true. find another That's one. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's great. I love that. Okay, and then as I mean, you think lawyer, you don't necessarily think poetry, but you've released this just fabulous poetry book. And, and I, like I said, I've been sincerely enjoying reading and listening to these poems. How long have you been a poet? Uh, forever and never uh, in, in this sense. Uh, I don't sit around and write poetry, uh, but this particular um, mission, if you will, I just thought uh, was something that demanded poetry. 
and I, I would write poetry again if it was a, something special that way that I felt was better mm-hmm. uh, better said through poetry. But but I, I don't really think of myself as a poet. Mm, well, you should. You're you're <laughs> brilliant. You are. Uh, the first poem that we played was. Uh, was that about uh, this is candle nine? I like how you did the different candles. Was that about your wife? Oh yes, yeah, the whole thing is uh, is uh, about her last illness and death, and uh, and our relationship over forty years, uh, mm. and uh, and it takes this this. It's interesting. It's Holy Week, and and I, I'm going to. I'm going to say for sure I'm not religious, but but having grown up an altar boy mm-hmm. uh, and the, the tenebrae, which is a, a service that they do in Holy Week right. uh, in 15 candles are put uh, are extinguished one at a time, mm-hmm. you know, while psalms are, are sung and prayers. Right. Are sung. I just thought it provided a great structure for, for what I was trying to do. Uh, so it's, so the book is 15 poems, you know, 15 candles, and and uh, but it, it focuses entirely on that. Now there are other poems in the book, but that's the main uh, uh, part of it. Yeah, well, it's it must have been cathartic and and really really difficult. It, it moved me because I've often wondered what it would be like. Well, let's face facts: what it's going to be like when either Melanie. Or I pass away. What, what's it going to be like for the other person? And just the, and I mean, I don't dwell on it, but it, but I've certainly thought about it. And this was really, it really hit me hard. And uh, yeah. I, I thought it was quite beautiful. I think one of the, when you were describing, kind of the determination in the first uh, poem, I I think the worst moment that I had when I was taking care of my mom toward the end was when she had that moment of clarity and was apologetic and and that just cut my heart to shreds it's like you know i would do anything to take care of her and and here she is apologizing to me that i had to and you know up until that moment she wasn't all the way there and you know she had that that moment of lucidity that just oh knowing that that was even in her head just broke my heart you know and I, 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 it's not the same as a spouse. I know that the, the feelings are different and yet the sentiment is, is so similar. You know, it's like, that's why I said I had a visceral reaction to it. I just, oh, I couldn't even listen to the second one. I, I actually had to go to the bathroom while I was playing that. Cause it's like, I can't bring him on while I'm crying. <laughs> so, um, your daughter, Megan, and, and you don't get any more Irish than Men, Megan Flanagan, don't you know? What a great name with the H and everything. I love it. Uh, she She's a lovely, lovely lady. We've been swapping emails all week. And um, she shared that after you and Candy, your wife, uh, got sober in 1983, you founded the Sierra Tucson, a prominent drug and alcohol treatment center located in Tucson, Arizona, uh, that is still open and well considered today, um, even though you guys are no longer the owners. And I would love to know a little bit back when Candy was alive, what that was like. And, and uh, I love how Megan just kind of threw out, oh, yeah, when they got sober. <laughs> like, yeah, whatever. They got sober. So tell me a little bit, where does your writing and, and your your 
I'm thinking because you went through that hardship because and and you did it with your soulmate, that led into how your poetry became so pungent, you know, <laughs> for lack of a better term, just like so. Uh, so tell me a little bit about the Sierra Tucson and 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 how that got started and how you guys sobered up and and that that journey that you took together. I'm really intrigued by that. Well, that uh, that our 40 years together was. Uh, not entirely without its rocky parts. In fact, some people would say it was mostly rocky. <laughs> That's uh, why they and, put it in the vows. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, right. right. And uh, wh- when I was intervened on and uh, went to treatment, sent to treatment, if you will, uh-huh. uh, I I had been even though I'd done very well as a lawyer, I felt I'd sold out and all those uh, really silliness uh, and, and in some ways blamed her for it. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and so, and that wasn't the sole thing. I mean, you had two people that drank a lot, right. you know, they're good. They're going to have their issues, but. Uh, so you were already a lawyer and under all that pressure and you're a relatively young couple that was Megan born yet. Yeah, she was five years old. Okay. And and uh, uh, and so I, I sort of put everything on the line when that happened. My my career, uh, li- where I lived, which was Kansas City, at the time, and and uh, and my my marriage, and, uh, and and when I went to treatment, I'm looking around, and I'm seeing, all right. I'm paying this. All these other people are paying blank dollars. Uh, it looks like it's costing them this. Hey, you know, you could really do something with your life here and, and probably make a living at it. Uh, it, it. Go out and try to do a treatment center. And I didn't know how she would take that, you know, just walking away from everything, walking away from uh you know, what we had, you know, which so did you go through treatment together or did you get sober first and then dragged her into it? I got sober first and, and she had her own path with no support for me. I mean, I, I didn't even really, it, truthfully, I was the drama king or queen, uh, as the case may be of the relationship. If there's going to be drama, you're a queen. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I wouldn't even have called her an alcoholic, but she knew she was. And, and she very quietly just took her own path and did that. And I encouraged her to do a couple of things. And, and to my surprise, and she was very eager to, she, you know, went to uh, learn to be a counselor, uh, went along with this move to Tucson and, and uh, starting this thing from, from nothing. So it was a, I mean, I don't want to put too much on it, but it definitely saved the marriage or or, or at least created uh, a, a foundation for another 20, 25 years that we spent together. Isn't it amazing how sometimes hardship is what makes the good manifest? It's- yes, and... Uh, <laughs> In, in our case, her willingness to take a risk to do something stupid uh, <laughs> like that uh, was huge. You know, it just proves proved that I was wrong about her 
the whole time, you know. So uh, it, it was very bonding experience for me. And just imagine how many people that you have helped and how many souls you've saved. I mean, let's just put it, I know you said you're not religious, but I, I, I don't mean souls in the religious sense, but I mean just giving them life again. You know, amazing. Yes, that 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 feels good. It, it does. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I understand that you are also a playwright. You've written several full-length plays. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. <clears throat> Actually, the first thing I, I started writing was plays, and I don't uh, – again, I, I really think that I choose – uh, the vehicle to, to do something based on the story, but may, may, I, I feel like I'm better at writing dialogue than anything, so, mm -hmm. so maybe that had something to do with it. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Or, the, or just the uh, the first thing I ever did was just more suited to a play uh, type of thing, and and uh, uh, so I wrote I wrote a play about Eleanor Marks. Karl Marx's youngest daughter, oh. who was an uh, incredible force in her own right in late Victorian in England. Uh, but in any event, the second play was Dewdrops, and it actually it got a, a stage reading at the theater, the Open Eye in New York. Um, and you know, I thought, wow, this is going to go somewhere. Well, yeah. a serious play, a serious play, is a hard time going anywhere. Uh, you know, it's just everything has to go right with it. And, yeah. And uh, so it, 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 it didn't happen. Uh, and, and then I, I've written one other play. And, and, you know, I've gotten some interest uh, with theaters and so on, but not not to, not a, not enough, you know, to uh -huh. to really keep it up. Although I'd be happy to write plays forever, too, if it, Hey, you know, send a couple our ways. Jim is a brilliant playwright, and he's actually had a few of his put on here in Las Vegas. Of course, right now Las Vegas is completely shut down, but usually we're the entertainment capital of the world. And if, if you can get something here going, you know you're good. Yeah. So we, I will, I will we know a guy. I, we know a guy. <laughs> I, I, wanna, I would like to say that – so why don't you say it, Jim? <laughs> let's do the – let's start over. I will. I will curse that man for the rest of my life. Anyway, yeah, there's a certain person in our past that if you'd say I want to say or I would like to say, yeah, if you're just, get up and say just, just say it. You don't have to announce you're going to say it. 
I like your idea, and I, without thinking about it, I've taken the same approach that some stories are best written as plays or screenplays or novels or short stories. That you don't have to settle in for just one, even if you become really prolific and very, and even um, can earn a living doing it. it it's it's well, a right. good, it's and, good and way I to think that's it. why the word adaptation exist because mm-hmm. you'll write say a novel or a poem and someone will say oh i envision this as a different form but mm-hmm. you have to adapt it right and and we we face this all the time where jim will come up with this just amazing hilarious spoof and i'm sure you heard a couple of them earlier that i as an animator am trying to envision as an animation and of course not all of them make it because it's like i i don't know how i would and I, I can't adapt it <laughs> So not not every but but I understand that your your novel your 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 mystery novels are you are working on play plays for those or, or maybe even a, a a screenplay. Yeah, not yeah, not a play, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm do, I've done a screenplay and uh, I'm just finishing up a pilot for a TV series. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, something's going to happen here eventually, you know, uh, in terms of putting enough bread out on the waters to, you know, this, to, well, if you ever have a call for an overweight, uh, middle-aged ginger, you let me know. Cause I, I'm always open for acting opportunities. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I found out it's amazing. It, it costs a lot less than you think to just make your own film. Yeah, these days it's amazing the opportunities we have now that you didn't before, from yeah. from music to to films. Yeah, uh, I Jim's mean, experienced can, that firsthand. Yeah, hand. because the first one of the first films I ever did as an actor, somebody set up a Canon SLR, you know, a digital SLR, an EOS camera, and I'm like, really? <laughs> and right. yeah, I didn't say anything, but I'm. But when you saw it on the big screen, it looked screen, every bit as good. It was beautiful. Yeah. Now. You can, I mean, we My have, phone does better video than that. Yeah, I mean, and think about it. We have an office in the back of our home, yeah. which is our official studio, which we are broadcasting from right now. We wouldn't have been able to do this 30 years ago. No, no. It would have cost us a fortune. And, and you know, there's musicians, even as authors, that, that we can just put oh. out a book, print on demand. I mean, that is a huge difference that is made in, in and the world as and musicians have bypassed the record companies yeah. and their bloated bureaucracy by simply releasing their music themselves mm-hmm. i mean you may not get the yeah. you may not get the promotion that you might get if you were with uh, columbia records or something but you can make a decent living just going out there and selling directly well right but you think about the promotion and you know i've done a lot of book signings but i've never done them in the toilet paper aisle at costco like hillary clinton has and she's a big name so <laughs> just say well yeah i'm sure that I, uh, because uh, i have uh, you know been a lawyer for so long and, and done okay at it i'm sure i can spend more money promoting my books than a publisher would ever spend yeah you know, and, if you're not James Patterson or somebody. Right. Yeah, right, exactly. And you don't have to pay it back. I think a lot of people don't realize when they, they hear that you get an advance, they think, oh, my gosh, you're a rich author, blah, blah, blah. Well, no, yeah, but it's called back. an that's, advance. You have to pay, to pay that back. That's to pay your bills while you're yeah. writing the book. <laughs> you, you if if they don't sell them, <laughs> you're it's out of luck. being extended right. to you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so you have had 
an amazing life. And uh, I understand you also were the co-author on a book that was right up your alley, The Devil's Dictionary of Bankruptcy Terms, which I'm uh, very intrigued by because Megan says it was humorous but informative <laughs> reference. Uh, it was a tool for real estate and financial service attorneys. So an attorney who writes humor <laughs> that's also informative. I, I would love to learn more about the devil's dictionary of bankruptcy terms. I love the title, by the way. Yeah, good. I was a, uh, uh, my, I've, I've done a lot of different things in the law too, but, but, in my deep heart's core, as uh, Yates would say, uh, is as a bankruptcy lawyer. And uh, a group, it's not just me, uh, it was my idea, but, but a group of us within the law firm wrote, wrote this book. And I said, you know what? People are always, especially lawyers, are throwing around these bankruptcy terms and they're trying to blow stuff by people. So, and our clients were mostly bankers and so on. So, uh, I said, you know what we ought to do? We ought to write a, a little a dictionary type thing explaining what these terms really mean so that somebody can look at it real quick. And while we're at it, let's make it fun. And let's even do cartoons. Ooh. So we we did this book as a group, four or five of us. And it was, do you remember the Dick Van Dyke show? Absolutely. Oh, are you kidding? My, my favorite, shows. favorite shows. That's yeah, with Lucy Morgan. and... <laughs> they all sit around at the table and write the show. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly how we did the book. And we hired a, a, a pretty well-known cartoonist in Kansas City, and he did some great cartoons. And uh, we self-published it, and we did it just for our clients. Uh, you know, to give, it's a giveaway-type promotional thing. And, uh, and, and the Devil's Dictionary, Ambrose Bierce uh, wrote great a book. Stuff. 19th century called the devil's dictionary which had a similar kind of approach to just regular words uh and so uh so adapted that uh, can, can or, you give us an example of a, of a term uh yes uh hang on a second <laughs> well vamp this is uh, we're gonna take your copy this is where the cartoons go well with the with the book so there's there's a phrase in bankruptcy law called substantial consummation okay i can already envision the cartoon so so the, the phrase uh, uh, is one devoutly to be wished by some, but not by others. And it goes on for the kind of the nerdly stuff. <laughs> uh, but but the cartoon has a couple in bed and it's got substantial consummation on the top of it. And the, and the line is, now that was substantial. <laughs> That's exactly where I would have gone so, with it, too. So, so that's the kind of stuff we, that, that, that's in there, you know. That's funny. Okay, so you knew the question was going to come. Tell me about how you got to know the Queen of Sweden. Well, good. I get to make a plug for something I really believe in. Uh, I'm a board member of something called Childhood USA. 
it's a it's a not for profit organization that uh, uh, that that's mission is to save children from predatory behavior, prim- primarily not exclusively uh, predatory sexual abuse. I can't even believe that's the, a thing, but yeah, that's a thing. I <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's a worldwide organization, and it was founded by Queen Sylvia of Sweden. And uh, it's a very, I'll call it a very Swedish organization. I don't know if this Irish guy's got it got in there somehow. <laughs> but, but uh, uh, and, and it's great. She's a wonderful person, and, and her daughter is too, Princess Madeline. And, uh, you know, she's sat at my conference table in New York at, at a board meeting once and, and uh, I've been over there on childhood type of uh, events in Stockholm in, in what is the largest royal palace in Europe uh, and believe me if, if you knew where I came from you would not believe I mean you know royal palace is not not my thing but, well but, yeah uh, us here in the US we don't really think of I mean it's like a tab tableau we just don't think about royalty we, we're not into kings and queens i didn't even know that sweden had a queen <laughs> I, d- I didn't either and and i'm i'm a republican with a small r for sure yeah so, <laughs> yeah uh but but you know look look what she's doing with with what was given her you know it's really pretty neat so, so she she so tell me a little bit more about this project that you worked with her are, are you well, still it's involved? a continuous it's a continuous sort of thing. Okay. She, the, the 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 parent organization, if you will, is, is in Sweden, and then there are four other ones around the world, uh, the U.S., which I'm on the board of. And there's one. She's uh, even though she's Queen of Sweden, she's German by way of, of Brazil. So there's a German chapter, there's a Brazil chapter. <laughs> German child, by way of uh, Brazil. <laughs> I, I guess so. I, I, I'm assuming she. I, I don't know exactly, but I think she grew up in Brazil or something. But but uh, uh, so so that the, the, that group of four uh, is what does it. Uh, you know, and, and it's everything from raising money to support various organizations that are on the front line of of dealing with those things, uh, but also uh, the head of the head of the. The U.S. operation is very involved in uh, many, many United Nations initiatives and things like working with The Economist, which has done a a literal ranking of the countries of the world on how strong their their laws are to try and protect children. And it's been especially involved in uh, Internet child pornography, which is just a horrible problem. Right, which I, for the life of me, I cannot figure out why that's a thing. But it seems to me like we're finding more and more and more, uh, you know, I, I don't want to go all political, but what the hell? <laughs> why, why is this a thing? I don't, I, I yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's amazing to me. But but uh, and these guys that are involved in this stuff uh, tend to be there's a lot of incredible technology uh, brains in them. They they can do some uh, very 
advanced evil things. Yeah. And who, what kind of monster looks at a child and I, I can't even wrap my mind around it. I'm, I'm totally at a loss for the whole situation. I, I, well, thank God for, for the people like you who do that kind of work and, and for the things that are happening right now, because you're seeing more and more of these people going down. And I hope that continues. I just, that even that these things even exist blows my mind. I, I can't even fathom the type of, of soulless creature that would look at a child and think that that was okay in any sense of the word. I'm, I'm totally blown away by that. I, it, it really, really breaks my heart. So thank you for what you've been doing with that. And, and Hey, Sweden, you know, they've, they've done a lot of work lately. Yeah. A lot of work. I, believe me, all I'm doing is I, I'm a board member. I'm not, you know, any, any great uh, soldier in the war, but, but uh, it's, it's really what, what a, what a great thing to, be able to support in some way so how did you get in touch with the queen of sweden how did you even become part of this world childhood foundation well my uh one of my best clients is chairman of the board so there you go okay there you go so so networking (laughs) filthy lucre you know yeah we we believe a lot in networking here as you probably heard on our our ads earlier (laughs) pretty pretty much a thing yeah (laughs) Okay, I want to take a quick break and have you remind folks where they can find you online. Your books, of course, are on Amazon. We'll have all the links on our website. But, uh, again, give a shout-out to your website, your Facebook, your Instagram, and all those places that they can find you. Super. Off you go. (laughs) It's all you. (laughs) Oh, now? It's Yep, right now. Yep, and we'll do it one more time before we let you go. I thought you were going to an ad. Nope, nope. You're the ad. It's all all, you. All three books are on Amazon, both uh, paperback and Kindle. Uh, Mink Eyes, but but they're also all on Barnes & Noble, Nook. Uh, Mink Eyes, I don't know why we don't have the others, are on the other online uh, distributor types, you know, Kobe and those. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's see. What else do I want to say? Yeah, I lost my thread there. The website, they can also get Dan Flanagan books. And you can also get them through your bookstore who can order them through Ingram Spark. So, so but they're not going to be on the shelf yet. But uh, so. Excellent. So TomFlanaganBooks.com on Facebook, author Dan Flanagan. Of course, on Twitter, he is at underscore Dan Flanagan. And remember, that's spelled with an I in the middle, F-L-A-N-I-G-A-N. Instagram, Dan Flanagan underscore books. Of course, all of these links are on our website. And, you know, we friended him and sent things, love letters to him on all of our social media, too. So you can find him on ours as well. And then his YouTube channel. We uh, Now, what is the name of your YouTube channel? Is it is it Dan Flanagan? <laughs> I don't know. You don't? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I knew that you were going to find out that I was a social media moron. Uh, (laughs) Uh, uh, You have to ask Megan. All right. 
Dan, you a, have, I know there's a couple nice you have three videos. pieces what is your on Meek, the books on there. Your Meek Guys trailer, your Dewdrops trailer, and your, is it Tenebrae or Tenebrae? Tenebrae. Tenebrae yeah. book trailer that are on your YouTube channel. And the name of your YouTube channel is indeed author Dan Flanagan. And I'm, I'm actually kind of curious what these look like. Oh, he can't hear this, but we're listening to... His uh, very, dramatic back, very dramatic background music. Mink Eyes from author Dan Flanagan. Whoever did this is very, wow. Fast-paced, action-packed, vivid and imagery. Yeah, it looks like our draws, hometown. It's hard to walk away from this book. A serious great. literary work and an exciting thriller package. You get really good reviews. <coughs> Mink Eyes is equally thrilling and entertaining. you your talent, pal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Highly recommended. <laughs> Five-star reviews, wow, nice. and then it gives you nice. an insight to Chapter 17. We also have an audio that will be uh, that your, your daughter shared with us that we'll be posting on our website. So nice. Buy it on Amazon, wherever books are sold. Perfect. Um, I'm assuming this is Megan doing this for you because she seemed pretty savvy. Yeah, she's uh, the lead in that, in that thing, part of it. So it's great. She's, you, she's been fabulous. I'm, I'm just, and, you know... Uh, that little five-year-old was probably the main reason I managed to get sober. Oh well, God bless Megan. I hope she's listening in because she's she's been a joy to to converse with, and what she's done for you is is kind of awesome. <laughs> so, well, let's uh, talk a little bit more about your novels. So, uh, we we talked about the Dewdrops collection. We talked about um, you have something called a. Uh, in the Dewdrops novel, I believe, Some Cold War Blues. And I've noticed you talk a lot about veterans. So so tell me why veterans are on your heart. Did you say veterans? Yes. Uh, well, uh, I, I am a little bit of a veteran. Uh, like your buddy there, I'm, I'm a Marine. But, but kind of a, uh, a, a shitbird marine is what we call them. A uh, what? A shitbird. What does, what does <laughs> that mean? They served, they served on Navy ships. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Ship with a P. Gotcha. I was in for five or six years, and I advanced from E1 to E3 <laughs> in that whole period of time. It was Vietnam. I had a low draft number. The only way to, the only way to deal deal with, with it and still continue to go to school was enlist in the reserves. All the other reserves were full of people who were smart enough to avoid the Marine Corps. Right? So <laughs> I, I think Jim can speak I, to I, that. I became a Marine <laughs> uh, and uh, was there for six months. Uh, in active, you know, active duty. That's how the reserves worked back then. And and the other guys, uh, uh, sadly, uh, went to Vietnam, and, and I went home and spent the next five and a half years as a weekend warrior. Uh, so uh, so that's the extent. I'm a veteran. I, I don't, uh, but that's not about me. I did come from the generation that lost some people in Vietnam and that, uh, uh, and, and people came back from there and were really hurting and that sort of thing. And that, that's where the O'Keefe character in Mink Eyes, uh, sort of gets that. The, uh, some Cold War blues is actually not about veterans at all. It's about a little boy 
growing up in the 1950s in a very dysfunctional family. Uh, and so that's the Cold War period in the U.S. And, he, and the centerpiece of the story is a snowball fight that he and his buddies get into with some hoodlums in, in the neighborhood. And, and that's that story. So th- these are personal. This is something that you yourself have experienced. And okay. They always say write what you know, but I mean, you really, really know it. <laughs> That that one's probably the most personal thing I've ever written. Uh, that 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 story. Uh, so. Outside the, of the, the others, poetry, the others yeah. may take off from. Believe me, like mink eyes, for example. I had a mink farm Ponzi case. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. When I was a young lawyer, but I guarantee you that all the stuff that happened there did not happen to me in, uh, at all. So you know, in in that sense, you might use what you've lived, but but that particular story is is uh, in a lot of ways my my own childhood. Wow. Okay, so that that's definitely a must read based on what we've. But on the other hand, you. the last the last story. And the book is called On the Last Frontier, and it's about a, a woman in her 60s in Juneau, Alaska. Um, and, and the sort of byline is uh, uh, old and broken Juneau and with winter coming on. I've been there several times, and you do not want to be there in winter. <laughs> yeah. Right. Lo- lovely place, lovely people, few and far between. <laughs> it's uh, very uh it can be very desolate in the in the winter well you're not going to believe this dan we have burned through an hour and i still have so many more questions i would love to have you back on our show the absolute microsecond that your next book drops please 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 let us know so we can bring you back on definitely you have been a joy you have had such an amazing life and uh god bless you i know you're not religious but god bless you and your family and what you've done for other people for children for addicts for you know those of us who love to read Mm -hmm. and i hope you continue to do exactly what you've been doing you are an amazing poet and i am I'm definitely going to be buying your book because I sincerely enjoyed all of your poems. If uh, I understand that your novel, you actually had a professional reader do the audio version of that. I did get to hear some of it, and it's it's quite good. Uh, We weren't able to play it on our show because it's just too long, uh, but we will have that link for the chapter on our website. Um, Yes. 
I but, wish I would have had somebody do the poetry too, but I was afraid. That, that I don't they, know. I I think they, having they you do it Shakespearean or something. I know, I think having you do it actually made it better. Yeah, I really I think do. so too. I, I honestly and agree. and I like I said. I had such a deep visceral reaction to the poems that I, I couldn't even listen to the, the, the other one we played. So uh, that that says something. That means that what you're doing it, it, it speaks to people. And, and I, I wish you all the best going forward. Um, so you have got the three books that we'll put up and then some more coming out. And like I said, let us know the absolute minute that that comes out and we'll have you back on here. So I'm going to repeat this for you. Uh, Cause I'm a little more social media te- techie savvy <laughs> than you are. I'll do this for you. Your website is Dan And that's spelled F L A N I G A N Facebook. You can find him author Dan Flanagan. Of course, we'll have all these links up on counterculturewise.com. Twitter, you can go ahead and follow him. I'm sure you tweet all the time. You probably tweet as much as the president does, right? Not once. <laughs> so we have somebody else tweeting for you. You can only do so much, you know? <laughs> Agreed. All right. So Twitter is underscore Dan Flanagan and Instagram, Dan Flanagan underscore books uh i'm sure on instagram that is updates of where your books are and i'm sure that's also your your amazing daughter megan doing that for you and then of course your youtube channel is dan flanagan books as well and that gives you a little bit of insight into his books uh kind of like a movie trailer only for a book there whoever did those I'm assuming Megan did an amazing job. So um, we'll we'll have to have Megan on this show because she's quite the marketer. (laughs) Oh, good. She, she, uh, I was telling her, mine's a terrible thing to waste. She would be a great writer, but she won't do it for some reason. You know, I think she's, yeah, I think she's found her niche though because she is quite the marketer and she has been a joy to be in contact with. and, And I hope that she gets more clients other than you. No offense, but I think she could make a, a living doing what she's doing. Yeah, yeah. All right, Dan, you've been a joy, and you are welcome back on our show anytime. We've got to make a couple of dollars, so we're going to go ahead and go to commercial. Thank you so much for coming on our show. And like I said, the minute your next book drops, let us know. We'll have you back on. You have Thank a, you. A it was wonderf- a lot of fun. Lot of fun so. Thank, Thank you. you. You have a wonderful evening. Take care. Okay. Goodbye. Bye-bye. In this digital society, making connections is quickly becoming a lost art form. Yet, if you are a small business owner, building your network is the only way you can get ahead. Can these skills be learned? You bet they can. Read Nose to Nose Networking, no-nonsense in-person networking tips from a master. Who's the master? Well, who better to teach networking and friend-building skills than a golden retriever? The author, Melanie Hope, takes the antics of Abigail and translates them into the human experience. Through Abby, you will learn how to set your intention, build a network, and get into and out of conversations with grace. If you love the Dog Abby segments on our show, you will love nose-to-nose networking even more. Find it on Amazon and Barnes and Noble in hard copy or on Kindle or Nook. Visit counterculturewise.com for direct links. You never know when an emergency is going to happen. 
where they're stuck on the road, riding out a power outage, escaping a natural disaster, or surviving a doomsday apocalypse, what would you do? Disaster can strike at any time. Join hosts Nick Pierce and Sophie Prince for NP Media's exclusive prepping and survival program, Are You Ready? Fridays, 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Listen to Are You Ready? and Be Prepared. again to make me a president. A vote for me is a vote for change. Now some of you are probably asking, why advocate change now since you've been in a position of power for decades and haven't changed a damn thing? Well, you're fat and dumb, but I'm going to answer you anyway. The only change we really need to make is to change who is president, and I want it to be me. No one wants the same president for eight years. Hell, nobody even wants a president for four. After all, we started the impeachment ball rolling before the president could even plant his ass down in the Oval Office the first time. Which brings me to my newest campaign promise. I plan to choose a running mate who is much younger than me for when I bite the dust. That's right, I said when. Do you really expect me to make it through my full first term? We all know I'm old enough to have given acting lessons to John Wilkes Booth. Who in the hell am I trying to kid? So give a dying man his last request and vote Joe Biden in 2020. This is Joe Biden, and I approve this message. <laughs> Yeah, I get it. Your parents were jerks and you're traumatized. But that doesn't mean you should use your lousy childhood as an excuse to be a lousy adult. Stop being such a whiner and get past your past already. Bye, get over it and get started. The book by Melanie Hope that will get you out of your self-imposed failure and on the road to greatness. Available in paperback, Kindle, and Nook. Of all the Democratic candidates for president, only one has shown power and consistency in dealing with the threat of socialism. The American dream is more apt to be realized in South America, in places such as Ecuador, Venezuela, and Argentina. He knows how to talk tough and stand against totalitarian regimes around the globe. Is Nicaragua's crime that they have built new health clinics, schools, and distributed land to the peasants? Is our crime that they have given equal rights to women, or that they are moving forward to wipe out the literacy? He has the drive and the grit to deal with our number one economic and political adversary. China has lifted more of its citizens out of extreme poverty than any other modern civilization. Only Bernie has the perspective that will turn America into a true global political leader. When Castro came into office, you know what he did? He had a massive literacy program. Is that a bad thing, even though Fidel Castro did it? So remember at election time, only one candidate truly stands for peace, prosperity, and freedom. I'm Bernie Sanders and I approve this message. And I eat ants. And so do Venezuelans. Is that so wrong? Hi, everybody. This is Jim from Counterculture Wise with my newest jingle about our store. <clears throat> I don't mean to be intrusive, but just have a look at our exclusive 
stuff you just can't find in any store. Click on the big store link and find mugs that you can drink from and shirts and hoodies and mouse pads and much more. What is that awful sound? Chop it, woman. I'm just getting started. Oh, boy. Where was I? Oh, yeah. Buy our crap and come support us. Whatever thing you can afford us. So our mean old landlord does, doesn't throw us in the street. <laughs> We've got goggle stuff to deck your place. And Max's gorgeous orange face. And FBI and mooing slabs of meat. Stop already. <laughs> no way, toots. I'm on a roll. I can't emphasize enough. How much you need to buy our stuff so I can live a better life chock full of luck. If after everything I've said, I haven't gotten through your head, then it's really clear you just don't give up. Yeah, no, no! I, I want what I want, woman! And we want you to check out our great official gear at counterculturewise.com. Radio. <laughs> That's Jim's favorite ad. <laughs> I'm singing his little jingle. By far. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with the third half of our The third show. of our three halves of our show. <laughs> uh, we have the wine of the week, and I got this just because I knew Jim would appreciate it. So I'll let him share. Hopefully he can read it. You want some light? I want some light. Glasses wouldn't hurt, but I'm not going to waste people's time while I go looking for my glasses like an absent-minded fool. This is... A red blend from Italy called Sheep Thrills. <laughs> and this is the most adorable illustration on the label. We, we might actually keep the bottle just because yeah. it's cute. It's these. Look at the top of the lid. Did you see that? Oh, see? There's, no, the there's very top. Look at the top. The very top. <laughs> it's adorable. It's like this giant fat sheep. Giant and, fat sheep. So it's, and we just got finished watching the last uh, Shaun the Sheep movie. Yeah, we watched that the other day. It was called... Um, Farm Farmageddon, yeah. Farmageddon, yeah. It was yeah. really It funny. was adorable, so, so if you haven't sheep, seen it. And, and this is, the this picture. We love is, sheep, but not in. A, not, a, a, not in that, not in, a, not, not in the way my, my high school room, my, my high school classmates probably did. Not a, I lived in a highly in a agricultural. Sort of way. I'm just yeah, going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> let's That'll just, get me Let's booted. start that again. That'll we get made me it booted even, off With of... each word, it got worse and worse. <laughs> but this is two extremely fat poofy sheep <laughs> attached to parachutes floating down and they have glasses of wine in their hands or their sheep after my or, own heart and so yeah this is a a red blend from italy and it looks promising so we're all right going to, it looks now, promising this is, this is, now uh, here at counterculture wise we are so cultured that we buy wine because the label is cute yeah, we don't care how good the wine is. Actually, we do care how yeah, good we, the wine is. Yeah, we do, is. yes. So he's pouring it so, into his Mr. Cup. I'm pouring it into my Mrs. Cup, and yes. We have matching coffee cups and matching glasses, yes. And by the way... Yes, speaking of which, we we, we got further, some of our own merch this week, which is really but, exciting. Because we don't want to say buy our merch and then we don't buy our own right, merch. Right, yeah. So... In the past, we've gotten our, our T-shirts. I got a, a Team Max T-shirt, and Melanie got a counterculture-wise with the two cat heads and one of the dog heads on it. <laughs> and the other day, we received our Starcucks travel tumbler. And it's awesome! And I got to tell you, this is 
so well constructed. Yeah. It looks like something you would actually get at Pete's or Starbucks or Seattle's yeah. Best or whatever. Yeah, it's it's double um, insulated. It's aluminum. Metal, yeah. Yeah, and and the graphic is just crystal clear and yeah. I am sincerely proud of it. And so. it and it's I love the way they did this because it's not a small Starbucks logo. Well, they didn't it takes that. Up, I did that. It took yeah, up the she, whole cup. She made it so it covers the whole cup and it is Badass. It's looking. it's badass. It's nice. I cannot wait until the stupid COVID thing is over so I can use that at an actual Starbucks and have them refill it because they can't say no. Right. They're right. just gonna. I just and I want to do it inside so that I can have a look at their <laughs> blink, faces blink. while they're while they're, they're <laughs> one eyebrow while, they're, while one of their eyebrows lifts and they get kind of a. We should record it. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll have to bring in a secret camera or something. Yeah. Well, you know, you know I have. I, I have we're not supposed camera. to talk about that. Yeah, you know. All yeah, right. She does. So she does have spike. Let's take a smell <laughs> of our sheep thrills. Tere Sicilian IGT. Oh, you probably couldn't read, read the small text, could you? No, no I didn't All try. Right. For centuries, ventures in the pasturelands of Italy have protected their grapes from wandering sheep who love to snack on them. Mm, Luckily yum, for yum, us, yum. the ventures prevailed, and today we can enjoy Sheep Thrills Red Blend. Medium-bodied, well-balanced with flavors and aromas of cherries, black plum, and spice. It is excellent paired with a typical Italian dish like fresh pasta and noci. Oh, I freaking love noci. Aged cheeses, which we're probably going to have later tonight, and meat dishes mm-hmm. and lamb. But please don't tell the sheep. <laughs> All right. So let's see if we can get our spices and black plum. Now, I do smell the spices. Nice and peppery. Tinko the glasses. And and let's take our there set. was no cork pop because there's no it, cork. It's a twist, yeah. Mm. Oh, now it's you know, much sweeter than I was expecting it to be. By smelling smell. it, I didn't expect it to be that smooth and balanced. Yeah. I was expecting a bit of a kick. You know, no. not, I don't mean a pleasant one either. There is literally no aftertaste at all. None. This is amazing, and I didn't. I never. Where did you buy this? Did you get this at Trader Joe's? I got this at Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's. Yes. We love Trader Joe's, not a sponsor, but we would take them on in a heartbeat. And we always like shopping there. Yeah, we do. We we were just there yesterday. So, yes, this is a very balanced wine. There is zero aftertaste. It's got a back palate, not too sweet, but just Mm -hmm. enough. Definitely black plum. I'm tasting that very strongly. Yeah, I want to get another bottle of this and then make some of that um, spaghetti squash because I don't, mm. I don't, I hardly ever eat, eat pasta. Yeah, anymore, I don't, but, I don't let Jim eat pasta. But you know, with that vodka and vodka sauce with mm-hmm. lots of yeah. uh, um, Italian sausage and yeah. beef. Yeah. So if you follow us on the twatters or on instagram every now and then i'll I'll post a recipe that is low carb if not keto uh, because i'm trying not to kill my husband even though sometimes he does deserve it but if i'm going to kill him it's going to be quick not slow you know bare hands kind of thing bare hands kind of thing yeah i'm going to jail or it's going to be murder suicide type of thing so um (laughs) but when it comes to feeding him i really really try to not only make him happy, but make him healthy. Mm-hmm. So we do a lot with zucchini and, and 
squashes and <laughs> he loves artichokes which is great because i do too and cauliflower we oh, do yeah. not we, have we, bread and pasta we, we, and things like and when I do, we do we, have I bread, do bread it's once like, in a while it's like 97 grain with a bajillion seeds and there's so little flour and, in it that and you it's typically we, 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 we tend towards although not always we we do tend towards the sprouted, sprouted grain yeah. types which are mm-hmm. much easier on my innards we yeah. also have a machine which we don't use enough of called a spaghetti. Yeah, you, you take a like a zucchini or something and you turn totally it into make pasta. like spaghetti out of it. Yeah, yeah and so it's all when great. when I made he loves spaghetti and I didn't want to deny him that. Oh. So Thank you. I uh, roast a spaghetti squash. I don't even like open it or anything. I just kind of pierce it a little bit and bake it until it's awesome. Take out all the seeds and then fork out the the squash and it is like spaghetti. And then I make him this really heavy meaty sauce that he doesn't miss. The, you know, basically the 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 at that point the spaghetti is just an excuse. Yeah, basically <laughs> to get the just, sauce in your yeah, face. Yeah, it's the yeah. sauce and, and the meat. And, and the sauce, of course, the the only thing with carbs in it is is the tomatoes. Everything else right. is is meat. And it's and, it's because it's balanced with so many yeah. other things. It's relatively low. So. Yeah. So we've we've posted that on our uh, various. It may it channels. may make its way into Melanie's. Cookbook. Oh yeah. Oh well, yeah. We're going to have a book out this year. I keep promising this, but you know it's absolutely going to happen because now I've got nothing but time. The uh, Foodie and Fabulous book is coming out. It's going to be low-carb, high-protein, easy recipes for people who hate to cook. And uh, this is a recipe as well as the pizza that I made last night, which started out with a layer of cheese in the oven on a a low temperature. And then... She mixed little, in a little bit of almond flour. For, I did. I mixed in just texture. a little bit of almond flour to give it the texture and some Italian seasoning and put it in the oven on a relatively low heat, like 250, yeah, just... and, and let it make a crust. And mm-hmm. then I put sauce, and we had uh, basically an old-fashioned Hawaiian. We had right. pineapple and, and ham mm-hmm. and... Of course, pepperoni no longer agrees with my innards. Yeah, in fact, very few things do yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah, and typically uh, I, I like going. Taking, yeah, so basically anyway. we had a, a pizza that the crust was literally made out of cheese, and, and it was quite divine. Yummy. Yeah, it was, it was divine. Quite yummy. Yeah. All right, so we are bumping right up to <laughs> the middle of the next hour. So let's talk about our. Oh, I lost my doohickey here. Don't lose your doohickey. I lost my Whatever doohickey. Whatever you do on God's green How earth, do I lose do my never doohickey. Lose your doohickey? Never lose your doohickey. Never lose your doohickey. Your doohickey. Might hickey or do. Counterculture Wise is proud to present News of the Weird and Wonderful. Here are your hosts, Melanie Hope and Jim Monis. And this is how you do business in Vegas. This is how you do business in Vegas. God bless these companies. Go, Jim. Las Vegas Sands, which you know, it's the location of the of the legendary Sands Casino and Hotel, is now the home of the Palazzo and the Venetian. They still call it the Sands, and there's a um, a convention center in the complex that's still called the Sands and has the 1970s Sands logo. So, which is pretty it's, badass. It's badass. Yeah. I've always loved that one. Anyway, them and the Win Company. Which is the win and the encore? Uh, these are great guys. Apparently, not a most... sponsor, but we're still going to celebrate them because, yeah, because they're doing the right thing. Because they're doing the right thing. A pair of the most profitable hotel casino companies in the U.S. will continue paying employees through the coronavirus shutdown. 
Now, if you've ever been to one of these casinos in Vegas, oh, I'm going to use these four in, in particular. They are huge, and they employ, between them, thousands of people, dealers, janitors, restaurant workers, you know, um, your front desk people. And so it's it's not a cheap proposition. Pay is guaranteed for more than 15,000 Wynn Resorts workers through May 15th. It is our shared responsibility to follow the direction of health and safety professionals to stay home and limit social contact, said Wynn Resorts CEO Matt Maddox. We owe it to each other, our families, and our communion. Tipped employees will receive the average of tips distributed since the start of the year. That sounds fair. Um, yeah. Las Vegas Sands will continue to pay 9,300 people through April 30th when Nevada's state-mandated closure is set to end. If, and I really pray that it does because... If Mr. Jack Hole, you, uh, you know, takes uh, his hammer and... It's, it is what it is. I hope to do that right up to the time that we can reopen our businesses, Las Vegas Sands CEO Sheldon Adelson wrote in a New York Post column. It's not only the right thing to do, it's good business. Thank you. You just echoed my this words. This is a celebration of capitalism mm-hmm. because what these people are doing is not only proving to the market that they're good, mm-hmm. but they are making loyal employees for life. Absolutely. Plus, anybody and that knows is how about capitalism this. really works. You want if you are going to choose to go, if you're going to go on a Vegas vacation and. You want to stay at a hotel, and you hear about something like this. Absolutely. All other things being equal, you know, you find a room at a reasonable rate or whatever, or you, you get the, the features you want in a room, and you want to visit a nice casino. And by the way, all four of these are gorgeous hotels. Beautiful hotels. Um, and, you know, this is going to sway a lot of people to go yeah. to win hotels and... And, and and I will sing their praises because Sands this hotels, is the right, right thing to do. I noticed right. a certain M G M M company didn't you know, say anything. You know the ones that know, charge they, for they've parking. They've got the legacy. The they've got the brand and, name. They, they've got yeah. the brand name, and they're they're they've got the brand name, but they still charge even locals for parking, while the other two don't. Caesars does also, but when when and yeah, Caesar's I mean, can stick when it. did it for like a, a week, and then they thought, no, nope, no, no, this no, ain't gonna that work. Was a big nope, that was a big yeah. That was a big mistake. And the Palazzo so, and the uh, see the one Palazzo and Palazzo and Venetian. They never did. No, they never did. And they they had they had it set up so that they could, could if they chose but to they do were it. Smart enough not. They to. held back. They watched the disaster. Mm-hmm. Of MGM's hotels doing this, and they, it's and at they least so far. And they the traffic coming from those other hotels, because I'll tell you what, a little secret here, there was a time when there were secret shoppers that would go in and, and test the dealers. This mm-hmm. isn't happening anymore, but there was a time, and that place was always packed. Packed. And it didn't matter if you were there at 3 a.m. on a Tuesday. Nope. There was still at least two or three active tables full of people. And you could go to any MGM property Mm -hmm. and park any time of the day Mm -hmm. if you're willing to pay because people weren't doing it. Right. Well, and I've said this a bunch of times on this show, plus the show I used to co-host. If you have a major event, let's say there's a Mayweather boxing match or something at MGM Grand, okay, 
you want to charge five, ten dollars on a night like that. I'm not happy, but I would accept it. Five or ten dollars, yeah. I'd even pay twenty dollars if I had valet. Right, exactly. Uh, but, but Tuesday afternoon, I want to go to say House of Blues. I want to go have some of that delicious macaroni and cheese and a burger and a beer. Oh my god, their macaroni and cheese! It is, it is to die for, it, literally. It really is. But before I even shell out my, you know, open my wallet to shell out the twenty or thirty dollars that that's well, going just, to cost. But think about that: twenty dollars for mac and cheese. Just saying. It's and it's worth every dollar. Nah, no, it's it's really good. It's good. It's good. Nah. The, I can opinions, make it every the, bit as good. The for opinions shared $10. on this show do not necessarily reflect the opinions of other people on the same show. Only because I've never made a mac and cheese because I don't want to kill him. Good enough. <laughs> anyway, I you know it's not twenty dollars for mac and cheese, but the point is, is, let's just say I go, I want to go get a burger and a, a beer at any MGM, or even drop like two hundred bucks gambling. Well, exactly. But let's just say, but. We're talking about me here. I'm not going to drop $200. 20 20 I'll drop. Yeah. 20 I drop all the time. Okay, so here we are. $20 he'll drop for gambling. But instead... But instead it goes to... Well, you know, frankly, it doesn't go to MGM because I'm not going to pay $20 just to get a cheeseburger. No. I mean, before I even shell out the money for the yeah. cheeseburger because I could go to one of the... Stations. Stations, casinos... And pay free parking. I could go to Trump International. Yeah, I said the word. You did, but it was a beautiful hotel, and, 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 they, and we got free valet there. We we tipped and, you know, generously. We, but we, we always tip. We always yeah, tip. We but always tip. You get valet, and you're in there in an instant, and you get to have a lovely dinner or whatever. I'd rather do that, or I'd go to even one that's slightly slightly out of the way. You go to Westgate or to one of the other just off the. Strip ones where they're not charging, you know, why not do that? And you go to um, Fremont Street, for example. Yeah, they charge a little for parking because it's at a premium. I, I get that, but it's not prohibitive. And if you're staying at the hotel or having dinner, a lot of times they'll they'll um, you can check in and they won't they won't charge validate. You for, they'll yeah. validate. They'll That's validate. That's the word I was looking for. That's the word he's looking so, for. So yeah. Hey, uh, we're half an hour into the last hour, and so I went on a rant that was you way did. too long. So. Yeah, and um, I'm not going to read the next story because that that was kind of a clickbaity type thing. Uh huh. But it was. this one's kind of fun. Okay. And news of the weird and wonderful: an Irish couple separated by COVID nineteen celebrates their fiftieth wedding anniversary through a nursing home window. This is. Both heartbreaking and life affirming, and life affirming. I mean, what a beautiful, beautiful statement of love. So, uh, do check our website for the links so you can see the pictures. An elderly Irish couple separated because of coronavirus still found a heartwarming way to mark their 50th wedding anniversary. Here's to us living long enough to celebrate that, Teak. <laughs> you know, because. He's already over fifty, uh, so you'd have near, to live. You'd have to be was damn near fifty when I when I married you. Yeah, so you'd have to live to be over a hundred. I'm in. I'll, I'll take it. Dennis and Anne McCarthy had been planning quite the celebration for their golden anniversary. However, with Anne currently residing in a nursing home, the ongoing coronavirus pandemic and necessary lockdown of the elderly put a spanner in the works. Unable to meet face to face, Dennis devised a way of ensuring he saw his wife on their special. 
Heading over to Cork's Fairfield Nursing Home, he enjoyed a special reunion with Anne while maintaining the government's strict distancing rules. <coughs> that is not a COVID cough. That was me swallowing wrong. A picture shared to the nursing home's Facebook page captured the emotional moment the couple locked eyes through a window. It is precious. They wrote, This is such a hard and emotional time for staff, residents, and families alike. Today had us all in floods of tears. Anne and Dennis celebrated their 50th golden wedding anniversary, and all they could do was look at each other through a window. Why couldn't they have just taken his freaking temperature and let him in, you bastards? Such hard times for all involved, this is really pulled at our heartstrings. The occasion was made all the more special by Dennis, who proceeded to serenade Anne with a rendition of the Van Morrison classic, Brown-Eyed Girl, while staff at the home presented her with cake. That's sweet. There's no Blue-Eyed Girl song out there. Speaking later... Blue eyes, baby's got blue eyes. As Elton John sues us, and they take oh, our please. show away. Oh, please, Elton John doesn't away. know what color his lover's and eyes I are. You see, I've forgotten if they're green or they're blue. <laughs> he, doesn't he made have... up for it with blue eyes. Yeah, <laughs> meh. He was just making it up at that point. <laughs> <laughs> she never did forgive Mr. I'm Dwight for... Still, for... I, no, I have not forgiven him for that. It's like, oh, the most romantic song ever written, and I have no idea what color your eyes are. And... Knowing that he's gay, it's not because you were distracted by her boobs. It's because you were distracted by his, you know what, never mind. I have lost all confidence in his love. No, I, all right, your turn, I boo. love Elton John, but anyway. <laughs> no, both, I love Elton John. We both love Elton don't, John. Don't get Come me wrong. Now. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I love Elton John, but... <laughs> now, see, that's why we can't have nice things. Well, early on in the panic, I, I, I mean, the... the the reaction to I the pandemic that has gripped us all is that people were not going to drink Corona beer anymore because, you know, it causes the virus or something. You know, there was jokes about it, but some people actually backed off of it. We did not, as witnessed no, by my no, no, that, by my that, Facebook photo. Mm-hmm. However, this Last is very, <laughs> very real news. <sighs> so and it's stupid, and I hate it. Because Corona Familiar is one of my very favorite beers. We do like that. Yeah. And Corona Extra. Corona Regular corn. sucks balls, but eh, yeah. I don't, I don't like it as much. Let's put it that way. The brewer of Corona Beer has suspended production because of the coronavirus pandemic. But not why you think. Exactly. The brand of lager, whose unfortunate name has made it a punchline during the health crisis, will not be produced after Mexico deemed it non-essential. What? Beer is not essential? Because here in Vegas, we have closed down schools. We have closed down Casinos, obviously. We have closed down casinos. Doctor's offices. We have closed down (laughs) doctor's offices. But we have not closed down marijuana dispensaries, nor have we closed down liquor stores. Don't give him any ideas. Who's him? Fears. Who's him? Fears of it. Why does it keep slipping away? Don't frozen. Fears of a shortage have prompted panic buying, with pictures from Mexican shops showing trolleys piled up with beer. Oh, great! It's the toilet paper of Mexico. The brewery Grupo Modelo said. My it was, ass with Corona beer. 
said it was scaling down its operations to a bare minimum in line with the Mexican government's orders. However, the company suggested it could keep brewing beer if its operations were deemed to be agriculture, which is allowed. Yeah, I, I think fermentation is agriculture. There's hops, there's barley. But yeah, there's photo after photo of people going all toilet paper on the Corona beer because they're afraid it'll never appear again. So... Grupo Modelo, which also has other export brands, including Pacifico and Modelo, and I like all of those, said it would complete the suspension in the next few days. The brewery will reduce operations to a level where they could resume once the suspension is lifted. The company said that brewing could continue if the government considers it appropriate to issue some clarification, confirming beer as an agro-industrial product. If they're smart, they'll do that. We are ready to execute a plan with more than 75% of our staff working from home and at the same time guaranteeing the supply of beer. A statement said. Our chat says tobacco is next, to which I replied, I'm okay with that, just not pot. <laughs> yeah. I'd, That's essential. Pot helps you relax. I guess tobacco can if you're hooked on it. Um, anyway, agriculture and food production are among the key sectors which are still allowed to function under Mexican government orders. Well, that's a smart thing. Non-essential activities have been suspended for at least the month of April to slow the spread of coronavirus. Mexico's other major beer producer, Heineken, because after all, Heineken is as Mexican as it gets. I did not know that Heineken Well, they make make Tecate and Dos Equis. That's why they're considered... I mean, they they brew those brands in Mexico Uh as being a smart aleck. Um, They could also stop activities on Friday... Uh, let's see. Northern state of Nuevo León, where Heineken's Mexican operations are based on Wednesday, it would stop the distribution of beer, sparking panic buying. Hmm. Speculation about a total alcohol ban. So, Didn't we so report far last of, week that there's pan panic buying of uh, crack? Yeah, there's panic buying of everything. Y'all need to stop. Oh, well, this one's kind of fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is fun. This is why you should... That's Reverend why... Stephen Beach was performing the service online. Good for him. As people across the UK stay at home to help stop the spread of coronavirus. In the video, the vicar of St. Boudot Parish Church in Plymouth had his jumper set on fire as he leaned over some candles, prompting him to calmly... In, as Brits would do, promptly exclaim, oh dear, I just caught fire. <laughs> that sounds like something a Brit would say. Oh dear, I just caught fire. <laughs> well, that cast out of the gloom of this, the evening, This is why we it? need to return to, to going to church on a regular basis once yeah. this is all over rather than doing it online. Exactly. The 61-year-old luckily hasn't, wasn't harmed in the incident. He said, I just felt my arm getting a bit hot. The nice thing is it did damage my pullover and my shirt, but my arm is fine. There's no burn on my arm. Of course, this is all caught on on video. Both the Church of England and Church of Scotland have now banned mass worship, as has, you know, our benevolent dictator here in Nevada. She has a certain opinion. Have you noticed? (sighs) Oh, I'm really ambivalent. And we'll be leading, uh, be leading services on social media platforms such as Facebook, blah, 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 Catholic churches, yada, yada, stop touching children. Yeah, okay, so there you go. This actually might be good for the children of, of Catholicism. Maybe. No more, I'm diddling, ask you to no read more diddling the littles. They're not all diddling the littles. You can't diddle the littles over the Don't diddle the, the littles. The, the interwebs. All right. So I think you should read the next one as well, simply because I'm without mentioning any names, please, for the love of God. Um, 
just uh, you might want to read this one because this is your this is your baby. Well, well, you think I shouldn't mention like a wee tiny little little bit of of a friend that we have? Just the idiest, bittiest little. Just not by name. Tiniest little just wee not by little name. leprechaun. He might be listening for all we know. No, or he she, is. He or she might be listening. No, he is, and and he's he's so tiny. Oh he's so no, wee. that's not the guy he's I was so talking little. about. Oh, oh, this one, you know he doesn't listen. Okay. Mm -hmm. The coronavirus is known to make a home on many non-human surfaces, including doorknobs, cardboard boxes, and shopping carts. Now, to the surprise of probably no one, experts are calling shoes (laughs) a breeding ground for germs. Infectious diseases specialist Mary E. Schmidt, you can't make up that name, warns that the coronavirus could survive on rubber, leather, and PVC-based soles for five days or more, and has even suggested that individuals wear shoes that are machine washable, or you could go barefoot and not worry about it at all. Depending on what materials are used to make the shoe, the passenger... Jesus, I'm halfway through a glass of wine and I can't even talk. The pathogen can remain for days on the upper part as well. COVID-19 can survive on plastic for up to two to three days, meaning shoes featuring plastic components are also risky, though that's not a primary concern for some doctors. Go barefoot, you don't have to worry about it. The sole of the shoe is a breeding ground of more bacteria and fungi and viruses than the upper part of the shoe, neither of which you have to worry about if you're not wearing them. Emergency physician Kiwanza Panicki tells HuffPost. They're making names up now. Yeah, they're just making shit up now. A 2008 study by microbiologists at the University of Arizona found that the average shoe sole contains some four... 121,000 bacteria, viruses, and parasites. Let's count them. One, two, two three, three. <laughs> However, Panicki reminds us that many of these microorganisms influence and allow us to develop immunity. So many ways they could be helping us stay healthy. Oh, my God, which bare feet totally does. Nevertheless, Nick, I, I should be a guest host on your show this week because we need to talk about Anytime. this. Please. Nevertheless, public health specialist Carol Winters says taking your shoes off before entering the home is a smart measure for anyone. You could just baby wipe those puppies and not have shoes at all. If you can leave them in your garage or in your entryway, that would be ideal as you don't necessarily have to leave them outside. So what they're advocating is that your shoes are parasite-infested nastiness that you should leave outside of your home and then put them back on next time you go out. Think about that. Schmidt adds concern for children, especially, and advises parents to be especially mindful of how children handle their shoes. Or we could just be good parents and not have our children put on foot coffins and baby wipe their feet before they come in the house. Just saying. You have to hide the shoes from small children to ensure they don't 
touch them, she says. Teach them not to touch shoes unless they are designated indoor shoes, as shoes are the dirtiest objects we have in our homes other than the toilets. Say that again for emphasis. Shoes. <laughs> shoes, ladies and gentlemen. Shoes are the dirtiest objects we have in our homes other than the toilets. Now, let me, let me interject before you say something. I clean my toilet once a day. I clean my feet more often. I do not own shoes. I own them, but since I'm working from home, I get to work barefoot. I get to work barefoot. Yeah, both me and Jim have not worn a bra or shoes for the last two weeks. I, well, I will say that in some on some mornings when it's really cold, I have a pair of really lovely moccasins Melanie got me to really keep my feet warm. But as far as putting on shoes and socks, unless mm-hmm. I'm leaving the house, I which I I'll put on socks if I'm really freaking cold. Yeah. But hello, those socks go straight into the wash. Yeah, we're, we're pretty, me, we're pretty me, safe. Let me repeat I, I this. That's why Teach I, I get your nervous. children not to touch shoes because like shoes are the dirtiest anymore. objects we have in our phone, fo- homes. Sorry, I almost said phones. Homes other than the toilets. Winter attempts to quell fear, telling individuals to focus more on personal hygiene and hand washing, blah, 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 than rather than what's living on the bottom of their shoes. If you don't wear them, you don't have to worry. That's very twoo. It's very, very twoo. Very twoo. It's so twoo. It's twoo. It's twoo. All right. All right. This is something you oh, alluded to Oh, yeah. I thought earlier. we talked about this last week. We didn't week. talk about it last week no, because we, we ran out of time. Just yeah. like we're about to do now. Okay. <laughs> in 20 minutes from now. Uh, keep gotta... in mind, here at Counterculture Wise, we are not engaging in this behavior. No. That much. Because if you, uh, you know, if you do enough of this stuff, you can't panic about anything. There is that. Drug dealer says people are panicked buying cocaine and weed to deal with the coronavirus lockdown. Like, the amounts of cannabis they're buying is, like, ridiculous, Aren't man. Aren't those the opposite, though? Doesn't cocaine, like, yeah. up and weed, like, down? Yes, but some people are wired differently, and some, some you know, for some people, cocaine has the same effect as weed on other mm-hmm. people. Yeah, I've never done coke. I, I don't get I it. I have no I have no desire to. Although I, I I given given the response to clerks when I try to buy a Red Bull, I know that I will never in my life need something like cocaine. I would have to actually put a tether on her to keep from bouncing out, <laughs> out of the house and into the sky. <laughs> I'd never I'd never naturally. see my I would never see my beloved wife again and that would suck. People are like, oh my god, smoke this joint, calm down. <laughs> now now in 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 Nevada, it's it's legal and they're still open, so this probably doesn't apply much. Yeah, yeah. A, tro- a top okay, this is in the UK, so that, that explains a few things. A top drug dealer in the UK has agreed that people are panic buying cocaine and marijuana to help them get through the coronavirus lockdown. The drug dealer, who has twenty dealers out on the street and two hundred regular customers, told the Guardian, "People are panicking. The amounts of cannabis they're buying is ri- that's not even." He's a- going to be a lot more Cockney than that. Remember, he's a drug dealer. Okay. Yo, yo, people are panicking, yo. Yo? I'm Never mind. People in- are panicking. The amounts of cannabis they're buying ah, is ridiculous. I wanted the Cockney accent. Oh, governor. People are panicking. 
Pen- went, I keep going straight into Irish because of straight all that. Straight into Liverpool. <laughs> st- st- <laughs> all because, right. you know, all the little, little Pullians came from People Ireland. are panicking. Results there of cannabis. The, the amounts of cannabis they're buying is ridiculous. So we're just dealing to regulars now. All Ringo. He says the price of cocaine is set to surge because of new, new shipments coming in from abroad for at least six weeks. I'm maintaining the same prices I've always charged, but I'm concerned that when stock prices began to run low, people higher up the chain will order change, charge more or cut the cocaine and decrease its quality, <laughs> said the dealer. He asked the people running out of money due to becoming unemployed as a result of quarantine remains a primary concern. But we'll always have the single cokeheads to try to buy it most days. Dealers are also offering to take bank transfers from regular customers and post drugs to the letterbox to cut down on potentially spreading spreading the coronavirus infection. How mighty white of them. Anyway. Why can I do a British accent until it's time? And then because of all the rehearsing we're doing for the Irish play, all of a sudden. Yeah, you're doing Irish, yeah. (laughs) Okay, this one absolutely blew my mind and at the same time made me really sad. In the age of social distancing due to the coronavirus, authorities in England have dumped black dye into a picturesque bright blue lagoon to stop Instagrammers from gathering to snap pictures. I am not making this up. The uh, Derbyshire police said Wednesday that despite instructions by officials in the UK to stay home and slow the spread of COVID-19, people were still congregating at a former quarry known as the Blue Lagoon in Harper Hill, located near Buxton. And it is quite lovely. It's It's absolutely beautiful. It's gorgeous. No doubt this is due to the picturesque location and the lovely weather for once in Buxton, said... uh, police on facebook however the location is dangerous and this type of gathering is in contravention of the current instruction of the uk government so while all of the um you know fear mongerers about the environment wow 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 my god we're gonna die are running around people who want to take their picture at this beautiful lagoon with crystal clear beautiful water no, screw you. We're going to put black dye into it to make sure that you can't. And this is why we can't have nice is things. Is why we can't have nice things. All right. This is from the Malaysian government, which is what <laughs> happens when you put Pat Robertson in charge of a government. What? No, I agree with every single thing they they said. <laughs> It's hilarious, though. In all seriousness, the Malaysian government's Department for Women has apologized after it released a series of online posters telling women how to keep their men happy during the COVID-19 lockdown. I've been doing a great freaking job. She does a great job at all these things, by the way. Titled Household Happiness, the tips posted on Facebook and Instagram included giggling coyly instead of nagging. <laughs> She's got the, the uh, Betty Rubble giggle down. Uh, and making sandwiches. Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) Not allowing your appearance to slip, which she never has. And making sure the home is clean. We pay somebody for that. We we pay (laughs) somebody. One suggested women avoid being sarcastic if their partner was not helping with the housework. Oh, my God, like I'm ever sarcastic. (laughs) Well, I do help with the housework, so that's not an issue. (laughs) The online posters with the hashtag Juanita Kega COVID-19, which means women prevent COVID-19, were 
Thank you. Were <laughs> condemned by women's rights groups who said the campaign could worsen gender stereotypes and possibly encourage domestic violence. The Wait, what? <laughs> violence, domestic, encouraged, possibly, and stereotypes gender wor worsen could campaign the... Let me try it again. I had to rewind. The campaign would worsen gender stereotypes and possibly encourage domestic violence. The women... <laughs> You're going happy with the buttons there. The I Women's am. Center for Change, WCC. Chad ain't helping me, so I got to do it. <laughs> said the Facebook and Instagram posts reinforced negative stereo gender types. I just went, I just went Joe Biden. I said <laughs> stereo gender types. Gender stereotypes. Stereo gender types. Are both women and uh, both women and men. <laughs> stereo gender types. Implies the women. No, I are, think that's. I like that better. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Uh, it implies that women are ultimately responsible for getting domestic chores done when the duty should be a shared one, it said in a statement. Different but, strokes for different folks. Don't tell us what we yeah, should we, be done. Yeah, We have you. a nice balance. She does, do. she does most of the office work, the accounting, and all that kind of stuff. I do laundry. And, and she does laundry. And when and he's got other things going on, I'll do the dishes, but typically that's his job. I do job. the dishes. He does I, anything that requires I got, muscles. I, and by the way... Those of you who've known me for more than five minutes are going to be shocked at what I'm about to say. But on Monday afternoon, after my day job ended, I was so bored and felt so caged in that I went into the backyard and pulled 90% of the weeds. He weeded. I weeded our backyard. No, no, no. You don't understand. I weeded the backyard. Okay? This is me. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. That's that's how that's and how you bored know and crazy I've gotten. The backyard looks amazing, and we actually pointed it out to. Okay, I don't want to call them guests because I don't want people to think that we're inviting people over, but uh, non-COVID having people who we tested before they came into our house, we pointed it out to them how good it looked, and they said yes, it, it looks amazing because after all the rain that we got. Our weeds were insane. Yeah, it just it went bad. It, it was like it was Washingtonian. Now the cats loved it. Oh yeah, the cats yeah, loved. They it. were all over that. Yeah, they were they were all they all went back to all their jungle, over their jungle that. kitty uh, ancestry. Yeah. But anyway, so apparently, how to keep your husband happy in lockdown posters were panned. considered a threat. A threat, and, and of were, course, and were pulled by the government, which of course couldn't be any worse than this. Ever had a day you felt so stupid, lacking a brain? Well, here's a guy who'll make you feel like a genius and maybe even say, Take it, Jim! All the world loves to laugh at losers as often as they can. Here comes another chance to juggle. Here comes the Florida, Florida man. man. Oh, we have so many Florida men. We could have done the entire yeah, last we were, hour. Yeah, that was actually we're, the we're original gonna... plan was to do the whole last hour. Yeah, these, yeah, we could probably break these into next week. And oh we my, probably well, COVID-19 thing ain't going away, so we're going to just it, it's wrap not up going the next anywhere. 10 minutes and do a yeah. few of these. So this is a person, this is actually a good one, and this is a person who is near and dear to my heart, <laughs> as, as Jim heart, will, maybe. yeah, no, the, I, I would trade Jim for this person. <laughs> a man in Florida has poked fun at the toilet paper frenzy and has gripped the nation in response to coronavirus. Donald Ryan, owner of the arts and crafts business, who would, spelled W-O-O-D, wonder, 
hung the replica roll between two trees in his front yard. So he hung a gigantic toilet paper roll in his front yard. <laughs> it's brilliant. I had the pulleys in the trees all along because I do Christmas decorations up there and Halloween and Easter and all kinds of things. So I put it to use, Ryan said. I think the whole idea is crazy, the toilet paper phenomenon. Seriously, folks, why are we hoarding toilet paper? It has nothing to do with eating bats, so I don't know what this... Just saying the coronavirus does not cause diarrhea, so why are we hoarding... Yeah, I'm just saying. He built the replica himself and painted the name of his business on the paper. Starting in early March, Americans panicked and started to buy food and supplies. In anticipation of the coronavirus growing more severe, some people went so far as to hijack trucks full of toilet paper or to get in fights in stores over it. It is clown world. Everybody loves it, Ryan continued. You got to laugh or you're going to just drive yourself crazy. So, yeah, it's basically an art installation of a roll of toilet paper (laughs) hanging from... (laughs) A tree. It's not real, ladies and gentlemen. You can't. It looks come. real. It's, it's it really, looks real. Really cute. Very good art, but yeah, hilarious. Really great job on that. But a sign of the times. Yeah, that could have been in 2020 earlier in the show. Yeah. So, but it was in Florida, so it counts. All right. A Florida man spit in a sergeant's face and told her he had COVID-19 and was going to kill her, according to the St. Petersburg Police Department. Winner. Class act. Winner. But he has a marvelous Bob Marley hairdo. But anyway. Oh, yeah. He, he's... Record whew. show officers went to a residence on Saturday in connection with James Jamal Curry, 31, violating a no-contact order in reference to a case in which he was accused of domestic violence the day before for reportedly pushing a woman into a wall, causing a bruise. When officers went to arrest him, they say he was combative, refused to get into the back of a patrol car, he braced himself so they couldn't force him in and eventually had to be pepper sprayed before three officers were able to get him in the vehicle. Once inside the vehicle, officers said Curry started attempting to kick the rear windows of the patrol cruiser. When a sergeant tried to stop him, Curry spit in her face and told her he did it intentionally because he had positive, tested positive for the respiratory illness caused by the coronavirus, according to the affidavit. Records also show he told her, I know where you live and I'm co- going to come kill you. Yipe. This is always the best way to treat the popo. Oh, yeah. Always the the smartest, most direct route. That, that, that's my first thought. Especially after you already have a record, you might as well just play it out to the very end. Mm-hmm. And I hope it comes soon. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. That's just, I mean, I'm not a gigantic cop fan all the time. Some of them do very horrific things, but to paint with a gigantic brush and say, Oh, they're all bad. They're they're awful. They're they're against the man and blah blah blah. I'm against traffic cops. Those I can do without. Anyway, the crime happened at the time Pinellas County was under a stay-at-home order due to the coronavirus pandemic. Police said he was arrested on charges of threatening a law enforcement officer, criminal mischief. One of my all-time favorites. I love criminal mischief. Violation of a quarantine and resisting an officer with violence. Yeah, he's he's a badass. Well, this one's interesting. A 62-year-old Florida man... What else? What else? ...is facing a fine and possible jail time in Hawaii... Mur? ...after being arrested 
<laughs> this week for allegedly violating a COVID-19 quarantine order, police say. Okay, I have to ask this up front. You're in Florida, and you decide to go to Hawaii. You're not swimming, which means you had to take a plane, which means that an airline somewhere had to say, yeah, we're, we're going to fly people from Florida to, to Hawaii, even though there's a COVID shutdown. Which means, is it really this guy's fault? I'm just putting that out there. Dwight Anthony Tucker of Tampa was detained by officers from the Kauai Police Department on Tuesday after traveling to the island the day prior and checking in a hotel in Kapa. Ka-a-a-pa-a-a. I don't know how they say it in Hawaii. He was stopped by authorities about noon after making his way to the coastal town of Hanalai, WST reporting. Under rules designated to limit the spread of COVID-19, there is currently a 14-day mandatory self-quarantine order in place, which means he should not have been able to get a plane ticket. I'm just saying! Tucker was booked for a misdemeanor and posted $100 bail. That's the teeniest, tiniest bail I've ever heard. A court date has been set for May 27th, Hopefully we're off quarantine by then or he could get arrested again for trying to go to his bail hearing. And police said he could face up to one year in jail and a fine of up to $5,000. Officials said the man did not appear to have symptoms of the novel coronavirus, so he didn't do anything wrong that is currently spreading across the world. There have been at least two, yeah, who gives a shit about how many are in a preliminary investigation indicated that before arriving on the island, Tucker stopped in Georgia, where he got a flight to Washington State, and then jumped on a direct flight to the Kuwait Island. I can't pronounce it. Authorities uh, said employees of the hotel where the suspect was checked in. You know what? This is BS. If the dude was not infected... And because the mandates were so lax that he was able to get those tickets and fly wherever in the hell he wanted to, he didn't do anything wrong. Nothing. So why is he being arrested? Because 2020. Because fascism. Because fascism. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, they they post the picture of him and they try to make him look scary. Black dude, white hair, blah, blah, blah. Dude did nothing wrong. Hopefully that will be his defense in court. I'll be, I, I will be a character witness for this dude. Let but it you don't be known. know him, you have to know somebody to be a character witness. Don't give a shit. I will, uh, he calls me, I will character witness his ass up one side and down the other. He did nothing wrong. If this is such a pandemic that everybody's freaked the hell out that, oh my God, we can't even leave our house, then he should not have been able to get the plane tickets, period. End of discussion. Have a nice day. He did nothing wrong. All right. Looks like this is this story is so nice it got in here twice. So I'm only going to read it once. At least I mean, unless these are two se- totally different uh, situations. Yep. 
they're two totally different situations. All right, well, it's basically the same we thing. We have a whole lot more for next week's show. Yeah, uh, we're going to do one so more I'm and saying. then wrap up the show. Florida yeah. Man. Who else? Who else? Oh, my. Somebody took some pens and, and scribbled on his head. Nope, those are his tattoos, boo. Okay. A Florida man has been charged with using a hoax weapon of mass destruction after he claimed he infected a local business with coronavirus, according to police. David White, who is white, was arrested Sunday <laughs> after he... I just fell Well, he's him. white now. I mean, if he keeps tattooing crap... Yeah, look, who knows? He shaved his eyebrows to, he's to put goo- tattoos he's there. crazy looking. David White, 50. Are. By the way, this guy's five years younger than me. looks 10 years older. Uh, yeah, he Was does. arrested Sunday because of all that nonsense. After he walked up to a Jacksonville business and sprayed a liquid on the door, according to the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office, White then allegedly told employees and patrons that they were now infected with coronavirus. <laughs> White was identified early on in a joint investigation. G, how would you identify him? And the FBI's... By the Sheriff's Office, the FBI's Joint Terrorism Tax Force, Task Force, the tax force of the IRS. We'll deal with that next week. Mm-hmm. He has been charged with manufacture, possession, sale, delivery, display, use, or an attempted or threatened use of a weapon of mass destruction or hoax weapon of mass destruction. Boy, that is a long charge. Mm-hmm. The business, which has not been identified, has been cleaned and sanitized, according to police. I pray for an end to this nonsense at the end of this month. I really do. I hope they don't extend it because it's going to, it's already, I mean, you imagine, and I've said this before, you imagine that you and I started having a dream five years ago of opening a business. We decide what it is. We draw out a plan. We work for years to Mm -hmm. gain, to, to put money together to, to invest. We get a few other people to invest in it with us, some like uh, capitalists, you know, mm-hmm. venture capitalists, and we are good to go. And after negotiating, we find a place in a, in a desirable area. We open the business, and one week later, the you government must said, close. you must close. You must and close. And you're not an essential business. And you've you're lost not essential? All, and, and all of that money, all of that mm-hmm. time, all that dreaming. Now, I'm not saying you can't come back from it, but they sure made it a hell of a lot more difficult to do so. Yeah, and, and, and the whole thing about business loans. Okay, great. So now I'm out all that revenue, and you want to give me money that I have to pay back plus interest. And the Small Business Association... That's not helping. It's, it's not they're, they're, helping. Despite the best intentions, it's, it's not helping it's because... It's making things worse. Because a lot of these are, are working in concert with banks like Chase and Wells Fargo and all of them and these banks don't want to loan to you if you haven't had a if your credit is already bad or right. because something or like this if you this. don't already have a loan with them so yeah, they're, they're so, only going to loan to the people who already have a loan to make sure they don't fault on that loan but at the same time now you've got money that's not yours that you're using to pay people who aren't you that you have to pay back plus an extra fee. This is not help. This this is not helping people. And and the whole oh let's just we're, print we're more money. We're, we're, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we love you. Have a good we week. We love you. Have an amazing week. ID ten T form and stuff. ID. <laughs> You got like 35 seconds. What do you I want? know. I know. <laughs> Folks, uh, we will be on Periscope. 
talking a little bit more about things that we didn't talk about on our show, join us Absolutely. for Walkies. We with love Abby, you. Thank you so much Max, for listening. And Maisie. Please, 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 we have lost 75% of our income. Please, please go to our website and support us in any way you can. Not that we're begging, but we're begging. We're begging. <laughs> uh, we love you. Bye. Bye now. <laughs> CounterCultureWise is a Stormcat production. Episodes of this program will be archived on our website, CounterCultureWise.com, and available immediately on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, and everywhere good podcasts are found. If you would like to advertise on our show, we have a couple of fantastic packages to choose from. Contact us through our website to get started as soon as our next episode. You can also support our efforts by joining us on Subscribestar. We have several incentives and exclusives for patrons, so check them out. If you'd like to make a one-time donation, there's a link for that, too. If you like our show, you'll love our merch. Stop by the store for exciting new products every month. If you have a question for Dog Abby, please email abby at counterculturewise.com or use the form on our site. If you'd like to be a guest on our program, there's a form on our website for that, too. For comments and further discussion, please visit our Facebook page. For complaints about our show, please fill out the ID10T form on our website, and we will give it the immediate attention it deserves. Meanwhile, no matter how cruel the world around you may be, always remember the importance of kindness. Be kind to each other. Be kind to animals. And be kind to yourself. See See you you next next week. week.